And good morning, New York sports fans, on this very special weekend. It is Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan, after midnight, or in the morning even at this point, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this Super Bowl Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're somehow still out and about in a city that never sleeps. Coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio in Lower Manhattan. We're going to be together a lot tonight until 6 a.m. I have Pat behind the glass, ready, willing, and able to take your phone calls. You guys know that number. It's probably already saved. 877-337-6666. And uh, please, your best content only. Thank you. And I've also got a very special guest for you tonight. She is the third longest sideline reporter, uh, third longest tenured sideline reporter in NFL history. You've seen her on Fox Sports. You've heard her on Westwood One Radio. And some of you have already guessed it solely from those clues on my social media accounts. Laura Oakman will be joining us from the epicenter of the football world right now in Miami, Florida. Laura will be part of the Super Bowl broadcast team for remarkably, really, only her first time during her illustrious career. So lucky for us, though, because the broadcast partners get a little extra access to the teams throughout this week. And Laura will share with us her conversations with players and with coaches from this week. And it's going to help me and us analyze that big game, and as only she can. And I got her to give us a little prediction, too. But before we get to the Super Bowl, <clears throat> I'd like to you guys to take a, listen to a cut from the live broadcast of the Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth's See You Again from their Lakers pregame at the Staples Center Friday night. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. I've come a long way from where we began. You know, one of my uh, favorite trivia questions from all time is, which NBA legend, not from Italy, speaks Italian fluently? No one ever guessed it correctly, and they were always surprised when I would tell them the answer. Kobe. And that was from the Staples Center Friday night. They did the tribute to him um, at the Lakers game. And, you know, I, I come on air with you for the first time since the sudden shocking death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant that not only rocked L.A., not only rocked the NBA, but the entire world. When TMZ Sports, when that article showed up on my timeline on Sunday, I thought to myself, like, no way. This has to be one of those internet hoaxes. That's the age we live in, where journalistic integrity is no longer an industry standard, where everyone has to be the, the first to report on anything before they can confirm it with their own Eyes and ears. For what? For likes? For clicks? That is a true crime. But this time, although the initial details were mostly all incorrect, the heart of the story was, in fact, true. So here I was, as I told you, at, at my grandma's 91st birthday party last Sunday, scrolling through my Twitter timeline, my Twitter feed, learning of the tragic deaths of adults much too young. End of kids. Sitting in that busy, bustling restaurant, the juxtaposition was poignant for me. I grew up 
in a generation where kids would crumple up their pieces of paper in school, shoot fadeaway jumpers into the garbage can, and exclaim, Kobe! Mine, as many people can tell you, somehow never went in. There is a force field around every garbage can I try to shoot paper into, I swear. Maybe I should be shouting, Iman! Shumpert, the next time I take a shot. So as I'm driving back home after the party, maybe foolishly, the thought popped into my mind. Will Kobe still be a thing? I'm telling you that. In fact, kids now crumple up their pieces of paper, shoot fadeaway jumpers, and somberly say, for Kobe. While he hasn't had the most squeaky clean past, I've read the report with my own eyes. How I choose to remember Kobe Bryant is not as only the extraordinary basketball player, not only as a 2020 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductee, the first to enter automatically without a vote, by the way, but as an ambassador of women's sports and a topic, as you know, that's so near and dear to my heart. Quick Kobe anecdote. Fairly new to the sports media on such a grand scale as I am right at this very moment sitting here at the fan and talking to you. My only anecdote of being in the same room as Kobe and his daughter Gianna was from this past Memorial Day weekend as a fan. I had been in L.A. checking off Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium and had stopped on my way home to New Jersey in Las Vegas for two nights. The Las Vegas Aces had given me two free tickets to their season opening home game. On one of those two nights, and I was front row, first row, behind their bench. Sitting by the pool that day, I was excitedly conjuring up scenarios where an NBA legend would be there too, at the same game I was, helping to promote the WNBA. After all, the Aces were, in fact, playing the purple and yellow LA Sparks, who are, by the way, coached by a former Laker, Derek Fisher. Barely new to LA, I decided to myself that LeBron James would be there. After all, he has been to WMEA games in the past. On a commercial break, one of the broadcasters from the table turned around, got my attention, pointed to the right, and mouthed, Kobe's here. I followed his finger, and sure enough, at the Mandalay Bay Event Center, there was Kobe Bryant, seated at VIP Table 10, underneath the basket, with Gigi sitting to his right. I took a photo of them from my seat, which I'll send out to you guys on the commercial break, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. I just remember thinking to myself in my chair that day, this guy gets it. This guy, arguably the greatest player to ever pick up a basketball, through his daughter, is one of the keys to growing women's basketball. Once everyone sees how invested Kobe is and how good the product is, they're going to jump on it too. Also, under his guidance, Gigi Bryant will be better than he ever was. She will be a superstar in this very league 10 years from now. That was my train of thought sitting in my seat. And now, we will never know Gigi's potential. Friday night, as I mentioned, the Lakers hosted a beautiful pregame tribute, as NBA teams have been doing all week long. You know, Commissioner Adam Silver, who usually has a good pulse on things, in my opinion, should have canceled every game last Sunday and Monday across the NBA to allow the entire basketball community to grieve. He didn't. Players across the league were crying before games, crying during games, and crying after games. Fans in arenas were subdued. 
broadcasters did the best they could to honor Bryant and the eight others and excitedly call a game. It was a difficult situation for everyone. So as far as the legacy of Kobe, Gianna, and the seven other people who met untimely, unfair ends in the hills of Calabasas one week ago today, I hope that you all turn into a, a women's sporting event. You have a variety of opportunities to do so with the Olympics this summer. And even sooner, the U.S. women's national soccer team will be playing at Red Bull Arena in Newark on March 8th. So pick one event, tune in, and remember the nine people that perished trying to advance women, women's basketball. That, that is their legacy. And surely there's going to be a tribute to them during the Super Bowl, which is forecasted to be 63 degrees with clear skies from a kickoff at Hard Rock Stadium later today in Miami. And the year-long buildup of the entire NFL season is set to culminate tonight in Florida. And by the way, for the first time since the 2015 season, the New England Patriots will not be competing in the NFL's title game. Think about that for a second. And while they aren't actively playing in the game, later tonight. They will still have an imprint on the game, of course. Long-time TB12 backup quarterback and two-time Super Bowl champion, Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly playing. And with Tom Brady posting that cryptic black and white picture of him walking through the tunnel towards the field online the other day, you'd have to think, was that a return post? After all, he was walking towards the field. Or is it a retirement post? It was black and white. If it is, in fact, a retirement post, what a mistake the Patriots made in shipping off Jimmy G. Who's their quarterback heir apparent? Every football fan for sure is waiting for tonight to see which team will host the Lombardi Trophy. And every non-football fan for sure is also waiting for tonight to see the commercials and the performances. We've got Demi Lovato singing a national anthem this year. We have a halftime show featuring Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. And there's no way that Mr. 305 Pitbull doesn't make an appearance. He has to. He's Mr. Miami. So Pat and I decided that tonight we're going to play a song from one of those artists, either Demi Lovato, Jennifer Lopez, or Shakira. Back from break every time tonight. So for the past two weeks, you've heard the storylines, the Kansas City Chiefs offense versus the San Francisco 49ers defense. Patrick Mahomes versus Nick Bosa in the front four. Sounds like a band name, right? about the 49ers' defensive line. Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid are among the game's best defensive minds. Tyreek Hill, Hill's speed kills. Hey, that rhymes. Richard Sherman hasn't let up a comp- completion on a deep pass all season long. That was until Green Bay's Devontae Adams in an NFC Championship game and then subsequent spat with Darrell Rivas. I mean, people are even getting excited about the tight end debate between the best two in the game, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Well, everyone, I think we're going to get a lesson in physics later on today. What happens when an unstoppable force, the Chiefs offense, meets an immovable object, the 49ers defense? The point spread hasn't budged. The Chiefs are still one-and-a-half-point favorites to host the Lombardi Trophy later tonight. There has never been a Super Bowl that has two teams with red as their main color. That's why I'm wearing a red T-shirt tonight. For both. I have, as you probably come to expect, a positional breakdown for each team, 
and have determined the team with the advantage in all of them. Of course, I'll have my Super Bowl 54 prediction and game MVP as well. Tonight was also the NFL Awards ceremony, and they've doled out plenty of awards. This one, this song. So this song, um, my one of my favorite awards, and Phil Simms would totally disagree with me, but the Seahawks have won the Bud Light Celebration of the Year when their wide receivers perfectly did the choreography to the NSYNC Bye 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 dance in the end zone in Cleveland. It definitely would have gotten my vote. I mean, it was on point. And I must tell you that I taught myself that dance too. In seventh grade, with an NSYNC live from Madison Square Garden VHS that I kept rewinding and rewinding and rewinding till I got it. And as for the rest of the awards, even including that one, I, I really don't think any of the awards are surprises. Michael Thomas is your Offensive Player of the Year. He had the best catch rate in all of the NFL this season. And he joins Jerry Rice as the only other wide receiver to win the award. Stephon Gilmore is your Defensive Player of the Year. 49ers, Nick Bosa is your offensive or defensive, I'm sorry, rookie of the year. Kyler Murray, offensive rookie of the year. The coach of the year, John Harbaugh, which I told you that was going to happen weeks ago. Someone called in and asked, and I forget who they said. I said, nah, it's going to be John Harbaugh. The comeback player of the year is is of interest to us here in New York because it's Ryan Tannehill. I told you that was going to happen weeks ago as well, probably in that same show that night. Eat that, Adam Guru. Ryan Tannehill, the comeback player of the year. Amy Trask had tweeted before, earlier, when I was trying to close my eyes a little bit, which I did, by the way. And uh, she said that, made a joke that, what was Ryan Tannehill coming back from? Someone tweeted her and asked, well, wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo the comeback player of the year coming back from ACL, an ACL injury? And she goes, she tweeted back and said, no, Ryan Tannehill won comeback player of the year from getting away from his head coach. <laughs> I retweeted that because it's true. The game's MVP, the biggest award of the night, Lamar Jackson. Only he and Tom Brady are the unanimous selections in that awards history. Of course, you guys have five new pro football Hall of Famers, Steve Hutchinson, Isaac Bruce, Steve Atwater, Edron James, Troy Palomalu, first ballot, by the way. We are in the single digits, nine days till pitchers and catchers. Let's hit all the calls. Everything's on the table. Cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartney after midnight on The Fan. The Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is the AFC champion. They are headed to Miami. The San Francisco 49ers. Feel super, baby. The five-time Super Bowl champions. Are going to Super Bowl 54 tonight at 6.30. And you'll get all the play-by-play right here on your flagship station for the Super Bowl. The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. It's apropos that Demi Lovato is going to kick us off tonight because Demi Lovato is going to kick off the Super Bowl with the halftime, I mean with the, the National Anthem performance. And that is, I cannot believe I didn't find that song until today. I mean, I knew the song, but I didn't know the remix. So that's obviously Demi Lovato. Cool for the summer. I think the... Was it the Jump Smokers remix? Um, so, um, 
I know that was an upbeat song. There's obviously going to be not a cloud, but, you know, a little bit of sentimentalness at the Super Bowl this year with Kobe Bryant and everything. And, you know, but there is a game to play, everybody. And it is the biggest game in football. And Super Bowl 54, in Roman numerals, it's live. That's appropriate because if you've ever been to Miami, you know about the live nightclub in Miami. So I think they, they maybe thought about that, maybe. Kickoff weather prediction. I mean, I'm looking at it's it's six, 36 degrees right here in New York. And kickoff in Miami is going to be 63 degrees with clear skies. And it's going to dip to 57 by the game's end. Man, it's going to be like 57 next week here. And I told you guys already, the point spread, you got Kansas City still the one-and-a-half point favorite. It has not moved. And again, we're going to get into positional breakdowns, quarterback matchups. Uh, I'll give you the advantage there. Tight end matchups, running back matchups, wide receivers, defense, and special teams, don't forget, and coaching. And then I'll give you my prediction. So I would love to do wall-to-wall Super Bowl, and let's kick it off with Kevin in Camden, New Jersey. You're on the fan. Uh, how you doing, Daniel? What's up, Kevin? Uh, not much. I want to talk about the Super Bowl today. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a great matchup because you got Mahomes, Garoppolo. I mean, it's the two greatest quarterbacks, well, not the greatest, but the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. Mm-hmm. So what I think is going to happen, it's going to be 31-28 Chiefs. Okay, 31-28 Chiefs. Because I'm feeling Chiefs. that Mahomes is just, I mean, Garoppolo's good. I've, and I've said this on Twitter, Garoppolo is good, but I think Mahomes is just as, just above him in like talent because he could, he could do everything Mahomes could. And not to say Garoppolo can't, but I just... I'm in awe watching Mahomes, and I think he's got the arm. He can run. So I just think that uh, it's going to be a close one. The, de- the defense are top one and two, respectively. So I think, you know, there'll be some defense, but I, I think it's going to be an offensive show. Really? So I'm, looking, so I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. Even with the front four of, of, uh, of the 49ers? Yeah, I just think that, you know, they're going to want to show out. Because last year, if you remember, there wasn't much offense. So I'm kind of hoping it's more <laughs> offense than last year. Yeah, Kevin. But I, think, I actually think so. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Yeah, everybody, there's this, this school of thought, and, and I talk with some guys at work too, that um, one is the defensive coordinator for uh, the team at my school, and he loves, last year's Super Bowl, he loves the defensive battles. He loves it. I said, it was kind of boring. He goes, of course it was not boring. I like the offensive scoring. I like the, the shootout sort of games. And I, this game, I mean, you got, like Kevin just said, the two best offenses going against the two pretty much best defenses as well. And there's no doubt this year that the two best teams did, in fact, get to the Super Bowl in the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there, there's just no doubt. But when it comes down to the quarterback matchup, you got Garoppolo, you got Mahomes, and it's like, does experience matter? I mean, I think so. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a two-time Super Bowl champion, going against Patrick Mahomes, who hasn't even seen the big game yet. And, by the way, the 49ers have a higher points per game than Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. And I, I did, as they say, this deep dive into this game today. And it's at 6.30 p.m., as you probably already know. Is it 6.30 yet? I cannot wait. And I think it's on Fox, and it's going to be on Westwood One Radio. 877-337-6666. 
Billy in Rockaway, you're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. What's up? Uh, well, I, I I just want to say um, I'm really sorry for all the the people in the Kobe Bryant uh, helicopter that passed away and his daughter. I, I feel awful for his wife and the other daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, but did I hear you correctly that you said you read the report of him from 2003? I did. And you tend to believe that. I do. I, I, you, you know he raped that girl. I believe it, yes. That's what I just said. You, you, oh, you believe that he raped that girl? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were saying that you, you tend to, to not believe it or, or not. No. Yeah, yeah. He, he raped that girl. He, he, he choked her. He had, there was bruises on her neck. And I don't know where he is. All right. Well, that was a little graphic there. We did not need to go into the content of the report. Sorry about that. Sorry for the dump there, Billy. If you wanted to read the report, you could. It's up. Google it. But we're not going to talk about that in such graphic detail here on The Fan. This is a sports radio show. There's a different show for that. We'll talk about Kobe Bryant, the player, all you want. We'll talk about the life and legacy of him. We'll talk about his family. We'll talk about the, the, the other people that were involved in that. We are certainly not going into graphic detail about what was in that report in Colorado. Sorry about that. I'm sure you had a point. I'm sure you're getting to it. But, oh well. So we'll talk, I guess we'll go back to the Super Bowl on that. On that note, got the quarterback matchup which is probably the most intriguing matchup of them all, in my opinion, I think. And then I looked at both quarterbacks. I, You know, pluses and minus for both. You can make the decision, but I'll give you mine too. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got the highest quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo. The highest quarterback rating when his team is trailing. In the regular season... He's tied with Ryan Tannehill for the fourth-best completion percentage, by the way. And it's just it's all about executing the specific-to-the-opponent game plan that San Francisco seems to always churn out. I mean, look at it. Garoppolo threw the ball eight times with zero touchdowns to beat Green Bay in the playoffs, as you know. Or he could throw the ball 35 times, score four touchdowns, and one interception, to beat New Orleans in Week 14. We've seen it both ways with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then you got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's easy to be pass-happy with 2018's MVP Patrick Mahomes under center, but they must remember to run the ball, which will make the pass just that much more effective, as you already know, I'm sure. But maybe not. Remember when you thought there was no way for Kansas City to come back in the divisional round versus the Texans? Yeah, well, Patrick Mahomes thought differently. Seven consecutive touchdown drives by Kansas City. You know what that ratio was? 31 pass, six rush. Mahomes can dice up a defense with the best of them. But consider the source. And this was, I I stumbled upon this today in my research, and I was like, hmm, I got to tell them this. In the playoffs of the 12 teams, the Texans allowed the fifth best, fifth highest, let's just call it, quarterback rating. In the regular season, it was true to form. 
they also allowed the eighth highest quarterback rating. So that has always been their weakness, defending the pass. And in the playoffs of the 12 teams, conversely, the 49ers allowed the ninth highest quarterback rating and the 26th in the regular season. So the pass defense is a strength for the 49ers. So you're not going to see seven consecutive touchdown drives by Patrick Mahomes because the San Francisco 49ers defense is markedly better than the Houston Texans defense. Like night and day better. And who do I think has the advantage? Well, obviously, guys, it's a passing league. We know that. Phil Sims once told me that the best mechanically correct quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes. He's got a but he's got a regular season rating only 3.3 points higher than Garoppolo. Mahomes has a divisional round rating, guys, almost double that of Garoppolo though. Mahomes has a championship weekend rating 16 points higher than Garoppolo. But we'll get to the running back matchups in a second. You cannot discount the fact that the 49ers own the ball for much of the game because of their ground game. Their time of possession is fourth in the entire NFL. In the regular season, that is. If this is indeed a one-possession game, I looked at 2019 quarterbacks with game-winning drives. The list is Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, all with five. Then it's Carson Wentz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Jimmy Garoppolo, all with four this season. Mahomes has won. I know this may not be a popular opinion, but that recent experience in the Super Bowl means something to me at this point in the game. The fact that Garoppolo has already been there, done this with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, arguably two of the best in their positions in the history of the game. Jimmy GQ has won two Super Bowls, guys, as a backup quarterback. And Mahomes... Hasn't even gotten to the big game. To me, like I said, in this situation, experience matters. I mean, you talk to Devin McCourty especially. He'll tell you that you get there, like Bill Belichick has this down to an exact science, exactly how long the extended halftime show is, exactly how long the pregame warm-ups are, which is also are extended. I mean, it's like business. It adheres the schedule, been there, done that. And I think that only benefits the players. Only benefit. And, and then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, the most important position on the entire field, having been there, done that already, and winning already as a backup, but winning. I mean, you talk about the legacy of, of Tom Brady, right? I mean, I talked to Mike Teal about it. Mike Teal, Rutgers quarterback. Played with the Patriots for, I think it was a season, one season. He, he, his locker was next to Tom Brady's. He said he is literally the first guy there in the morning and the last guy to leave. So having, what's his name? Garoppolo having learned from Tom Brady, everything that he could possibly learn over those times in those experiences, to me that matters. Especially on the Super Bowl. Where, as you know, Anything can happen. I mean, the craziest stuff can happen in the Super Bowl. Safeties, being short by one yard to win the game. And and we'll talk about special teams in a second because if this is the one possession game that everybody 
is, is thinking that it's going to be? Oh, man, I have something to tell you about that, what I found. So I think you know me by now. After considering all the numbers, all the scenarios, my advantage in the quarterback matchup in Super Bowl 54, the unpopular opinion, I know it, Jimmy Garoppolo. Although Patrick Mahomes is one of the best mechanically correct quarterbacks in the league, you've seen him in different arm slots, you know that he could be a baseball player or could have been a baseball player, you know that. It's just, for me, in in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo to lead his team, to lead the 49ers. I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, what I've seen in terms of coaching, um, experience does in fact matter. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who has he's four years older than Patrick Mahomes. To me, that also matters. You know, in terms of making split-second decisions. Um, just the, 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 I guess, not the maturity factor, because Patrick Mahomes, obviously, is a very mature 24-year-old. It's just the, the seasoning. The seasoning is just right on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't mean, like, as a steak. I mean, like, as a player. So... After considering everything, my pick out of the two quarterbacks for this Super Bowl is Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're on hold, hang there. I'll get back. I'll get to you right after the break. 877-337-6666. If you want to get aboard, I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan. This is Joe Beningo. Join me and Evan Roberts tomorrow. We will break down Super Bowl 54, all the ins and outs. We'll give you everything you need to know. We'll break down some basketball, too. We'll talk about what the Nets did over the weekend, what the Knicks did over the weekend, maybe a little college basketball as well. It's Beningo and Roberts on the final football Monday of the year. Two to six, afternoon drive on the fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66. WFAN, WFAN FM, New York. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. That is Demi Lovato and Cheat Codes, right? Yep. And that's another Demi Lovato song. As you may or may not know, she is singing the national anthem here for on Super Bowl Sunday, guys. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It is the most exciting day of football all season long. This is what you play for. This is what you sweat in the summer for. Even earlier than that, this is what you, you go to OTAs, spring practices, I mean, this is a culmination of a year's worth of work, not only for the players, not only for the coaching staff, but for the, the media covering the teams as well. All the way back to spring practices. And we have the best two teams playing this Super Bowl Sunday in the 49ers and the Chiefs. I just ran down the quarterback matchup. I know it's not the popular opinion, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy over Patrick Holmes in this scenario in t- later today, that game later today. Quick tight end matchup. You guys can get aboard 877-337-6666. Tight ends real quick. I really think it's a pick em. You got George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. It's a pick em. Kittle does catch the ball 6.4% more often than Kelsey. However, their roles are just really different. 
Generally speaking, San Francisco's Kittle serves as a more traditional block first, catch second tight end. Where in Kansas City, you'll see Kelsey lining up as a matchup nightmare, as a wideout on a cornerback at times. So for me, Kittle, Kelsey, it's a pick em. They are 1 2, 2 1, 1 A, 1 B, basically, in my book. Um, so I got quarterback matchup, Garoppolo, tight end matchup is a pick em. Let's head to the phones, 877-337-6666. Dave in Queens, you're on the fan. How you doing, Danielle? What's up? Uh, nothing much. It's been a sad week, as you know. Yeah. And um, we lost on nine people. Shouldn't have happened, but, um, you know, it did. Um, as far as the Super Bowl, in August 25th, I went to Fandom uh, in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to pick two teams for the Super Bowl. I think it's the Chiefs, and I think the Saints. Mm-hmm. I think one and one. You know, one AFC, one AFC. Well, I'm still riding high with the Chiefs. They got it at eight for one. Okay. That's good. And so, so you know who I'm rooting for. Uh, I want to touch on baseball with you for a minute. Yeah. You don't mind. Yeah, of course. Let's go. Nine so, days to pitchers and catchers. Let's do it. No, no. I'm not worried about pitchers and catchers. With the uh, tragedy that happened um, this past week, Kobe Bryant, his daughter. But there was also a baseball coach on that mm-hmm. flight as well. Alto Belli. And, um, I mean, UConn University, they did a great job. They honored um, Gigi. Gianna mm-hmm. and gave the, a jersey over the seat mm-hmm. for her. We gave her a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, that was her dream to job. play there. Yep, that was her dream. Yep. They did a great job there. Now, do you think all the major league teams are going to honor Acabelli? Uh, and, and of course, got to got to mention Brian and his daughter, and then, and the other people that was lost on that uh, uh, chopper as well. Um, I mean, I you know, even with the Kobe Bryant thing, it hasn't been a league wide decision to honor Kobe and Gigi. You know, it's been. I think left up to each team to do what they feel is right individually. So um, he was the NBA player. He was a professional player. John Altabelli was not on the professional circuit, although he did coach Jeff McDeal. He did coach Aaron Judge. So I think you might see just at that point just players individually honoring him. Not whole teams, not whole leagues. That's what I think. Right. I understand. Well, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, you know, and if they, and if they do, you know, it's great for them. It's great for baseball, too. And, um, Daniel, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. And, you know, you think of all the other lives lost. Um, and, yeah, yes, there were three Alto Bellies of the five that were also on that flight, that helicopter, you know, the doomed flight. And, um there are some ties to our, our our players here in New York with the Mets, with Jeff McNeil, and with Aaron Judge. But, you know, I just don't think I don't see the MLB, um, you know, as a league-wide mandate to honor Altabelli because as a league-wide mandate, as far as I know in, in the NBA, there wasn't one to honor Kobe, one of the best players to ever pick up the ball. So I think you'll see individual players um, in maybe in their cleats maybe or – 
you know, by writing something in chalk on their helmets or something like that, uh, or on their caps maybe. Um, I could definitely see some players doing that across the league um, because he was a top-notch coach. Ben and Queens, you're on the fan. Morning, Coach D, firstly. What's uh, up? Congratulations on the Guardians gig. I'm still working on streamlining it. I'm thinking guarding the goal line with Coach D. Ooh. That's what I'm breaking it down. I, I like I, I started with Guardians breakdown. I hit you up on Twitter with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm streamlining that. Guarding the goal line with Coach D, I think that will be your review segment right there. Uh, I think that, that works right I'm there. I'm going to write that one down. So for those of you that are listening that, that don't know, um, I actually accepted a, a position part-time media position with uh, the New York Guardians XFL team. And that starts um, a week from today on the 9th is the first home game at mm-hmm. MetLife Stadium. So get out there, guys. Yep. So <laughs> that means this time slot, we will do a little breakdown of the Guardians Let's game. Let's do it. You know, what the hell? You know, hell, it, it's still football. You know, we're we still going through this. People say, well, I'm not going to watch. You're going to watch, all right? You're, you're going to watch. At least until, like, like baseball gets hot and heavy. You're going to watch some of this. Right. Um, secondly, with Kobe, listen, it was very complicated. I think I'm in your same boat. I think Kobe did some shenanigans, including the R word, which I won't bring up like that other caller did like 20 million times. <laughs> but here's the thing I've been telling people since that incident, mm-hmm. this dude changed like 180 yep. for his daughters, for his wife, for fear of what he could have possibly lost. And since that incident, you saw this dude not only support his own career, but with women's sports across the board. Even the he, soccer team. Yeah, he was the number one supporter. And, yep. and it is possible to be this complicated. All right? It, it is. It is. I'm not excusing what happened in Colorado. I thought it was a whole bunch of chicanery by him during that whole thing. And, and you know what? Maybe karma got him later on. But there's no denying what he did for soccer fans. There's no denying what he did for the WNBA. There's no denying what he did for the Olympic teams. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're seeing all of these tributes. And today's U.S. soccer game, <laughs> at, at, at the 24th minute, everybody's holding up purple and yellow streamers and holding them above their head. Listen, it, 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 he, he was in the wrong but it also shows that it resonated with fans that he did try to correct. Uh, again, not excusing. I'm just speaking facts. And quickly on the Super Bowl, yeah. I'm opposed to you, Coach D, on this one. I already told everybody with Double J the other night, Chiefs 30, San Francisco 27, but I want, I want the maximum drama. I want the 49ers up 27-23, <laughs> kicking the ball back to Mahomes, and Mahomes got to go 80 yards, against that defense to score the winning touchdown for Reed to get him that Super <laughs> You know, I, let, let's this bring sounds the like a dra- movie. Yeah, let's bring the drama all the way up. I want, I want him to Montana, the 49ers, like how Montana mm. did it to Bengals. This is what I want, <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny, but listen, my team, my Jets aren't in it. So I want Nowhere near the it. <laughs> best 
<laughs> I had no one near. <laughs> yeah, I still got gays in my coach. Anyway, but, <laughs> you know, I want the maximum amount of drama. I yeah. want I want me to be as I'm working because I have to work. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm I got the transistor radio with me walking around. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I want to be glued. So, Coach D, enjoy your week. Talk to you next weekend. And again, congratulations on the gig. Right, thanks, Ben. Uh, thanks for calling in. If you like, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it now. It, it, this is the, the special teams. This might be the X factor. Ben, I hope you're still listening because I looked at the special teams. Listen, Linda, if this game comes down to a one-possession game like everybody's predicting, the betting lines included, kickers are important too. Don't worry. I got you guys. I, I looked at the Chiefs' Harrison Butker, and I looked at 49ers' Robbie Gold, and I looked at their numbers, you know, every single one of their statistics, every single one of their metrics for you guys. And if this comes down to a situation where one of these two kickers has to make a game-winning field goal, it hopefully it won't come down to Robbie Gold because he is um, is the worst of the two of them. They both nail field guards field goals up to 30 yards. Then you see a steady decline, almost remarkably decline of the next group of 10. So 30 to 39 yards, Robbie Gold hits it 81% of the time. Butker, 90. 40 to 49 yards to win the game, perhaps. Robbie Gold, 77%. He'll nail it. Chiefs Harrison Butker, 100% of the time. He has never missed a field goal from 40 to 49 yards this season. And then maybe it's an over 50-yarder in Miami to win the Super Bowl. So Bucker, you might as well just slip the coins, 50-50. But 49ers, Robbie Gold, 20% of the time. At that point, if you're the 49ers, you pray for a Hail Mary. But where Butker, the only situation where Butker is not better than Robbie Gold, extra points. He only hits an extra point 93% of the time as compared to the 49ers. Robbie Gold, almost perfect 98% of the time. So who has the advantage in the special teams in terms of kicking? Definitely, hands down, Kansas City Chiefs' Harrison Butker. Set out to Ralph in Cliffside Park. You're on the fan. How you doing, Coach Ralph here? Coach D, congratulations on the Guardian. <laughs> Thank and you. My brother, my brother got me season tickets for one reason, because Mr. O'Hagan, a kid from Oceanside, Long Island, is going to be the center for them. Cool. So I'm so excited about that because I knew this kid's a little guy, even though he played for Seaford. But as far as the big game today, mm-hmm. I'm walking around with my San Francisco stuff, in this area, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy because they, you know, I'm a giant fan, but my sister has season tickets. Mm-hmm. And we have the offensive woman coordinator. Yep. Love I that. love that. I'm a girl's coach. Yep. And I'm a little psychic. I say we're going to ground and pound. We're going to keep it away from the homes. Everybody's laughing at me. They're saying, you know, how can you think? I think we're going to take him down just like the Giants did mm. with Brady. Mm. And I love that we have that offensive coordinator because I've been pushing for women's sports for years, especially with the soccer team getting ripped off with the salary thing. Yeah. 
And I'm so glad you're moving in with the Guardians. I can't wait to stand on the sidelines. I'm like a little kid. I'm 66. I can't wait to be on the sidelines for the first time my brother got me these tickets. But I believe we're going to do it ground and pound. Shanahan's two weeks to prepare. Yep. Everybody wants sentimental read. You know, yep. I'm in these I'm in these bagel shops. Come on, what do you get? This it's it's just funny <laughs> the negativity I'm getting. Ralphie boy, take it off. Come on. So especially with the offensive coordinator assistant, I believe Danielle that it's going to be a good day for the Scarlet. And uh, I'm just so excited to see this game. Yeah, and, and Ralph, so am I. Thank you very much for the call. And um, I was going to bring it up, but you did too. Katie Sowers is um, offensive. Uh, she's the offensive assistant coach with the 49ers since 2017. She will be the first um, female coach to obviously coach in the Super Bowl. And wouldn't that be funny? Ironic, even, if she does get a ring. And real quickly, when, when we won the state championship with my volleyball team, I would love to ask her this question. There were the girls that got their rings, and then the coaching staff was two other men. They got their rings. And I got to pick between the men's ring or the, the, the women's ring, which was for the girls. I picked the men's ring because it was, like, bigger. It looked like a Super Bowl ring. That's what I always imagined. So I would love to ask Katie Sowers, like, do you get to design your own ring, being the only female on the coaching staff, if, in fact, you do win? Or do you just get the male ring? I don't know. That'd be interesting. I would like to know that. That's a question I would love to ask. <laughs> so more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Hang there. I promise I'll get to you. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. The Good morning again, everybody. It is 4.05 here on Super Bowl Sunday. Coming to you from lower Manhattan in New York City. Like that jingle? I can't ever get over it. I'm Danielle McCartan here with you on The Fan until 6 a.m. Let's load up these calls, 877-337-6666. It is a Super Bowl Sunday. The two best teams are playing, in my opinion, the 49ers and the Chiefs. We've done, we've gone over, it's like, like in class here, we've gone over the quarterback matchup, Mahomes versus Garoppolo. Unpopular opinion, I think Garoppolo is the guy. We've gone over the tight ends matchup. That's a pick em. We've gone over the kicking matchup. That's advantage Chiefs. Harrison Bucker is basically money, especially from 40 to 49 yards. If that ends up being the game-winning field goal, you heard it here first, everybody. Harrison Bucker will drill that field goal. I'm not yet ready to give you my prediction. Not yet. We've got Laura Oakman checking in at 440 this morning, so that is something you don't want to miss. And let's talk a little bit about the running backs. Running back matchup. Again, if you're on hold, hang there. 877-337-6666. You know what? Before we we do that, I don't know how we started talking about it, but me and Marco were just talking about um, how – well, my brother calls me a jersey hoarder, and I was just talking about how the list of jerseys that I I have and that I can't wear. And I've run down the list. First of all, I have a Danny Cannell jersey, number 13 Giants, by the way. But then I have, for the Jets, I have uh, Jericho Cotri. I have two Wayne Corbett ones, one from the old Kelly Green days and then the new updated logo. I have a Mark Sanchez regular jersey, a Mark Sanchez authentic jersey. After he took them to the championship game two years in a row, I said, this is it. I'm buying that jersey. 
Then it became Mark Sanchez, butt fumble. Mark Sanchez, uh, um, hot dog on the sideline, Mark Sanchez. So I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, and then who else? I have Vinny Testaverde I have. I have Keyshawn Johnson. Imagine that, Keyshawn Johnson and Wayne Corbett. And then after that Sanchez, I was just so dismayed. I was like, you know what? I'm done buying authentic Jets jerseys. I'm just buying done buying Jets jerseys. I'm just going to buy T-shirts. Okay. Bought myself an Eric Decker T-shirt. Long sleeves and short sleeves, by the way. Gets traded. I buy myself Brandon Marshall jersey. Gets traded, then retires. Buy myself uh, a T-shirt, I should say. Buy myself a, uh, what came it? Darrell Revis T-shirt was next. I'm like, oh, that's like an evergreen one. Retires. Then I buy myself, finally, a Jamal Adams t-shirt. I'm like, this is going to have some staying power. And then the Jets go ahead and change their whole uniform. So I'm done. I'm done buying anything Jets with a name on the back, first of all, and even with a logo because they even changed that too on me. I'm just done. I think, I think I've, I've resigned to just buying myself a Joe Namath jersey, and that will be the end of it because Joe Namath is the perennial. You see 12s all over that stadium. Because, obviously, he's the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. So, you know what? Maybe that's what I'm going to do. I'll buy myself a Joe Namath jersey and call it a day. Justin in Floral Park, you're on the fan. Danielle, what's going on? What's up? You're a Jet fan, really? <laughs> well, you're a Giant fan. I mean, I, listen, I have a Danny Cannell jersey. So, yeah. Uh, I, you should have stayed there. That's better than any Jet jersey you just mentioned. <laughs> I, Come uh, on. I, I root Jericho Cotri? Yeah, he was a good player. Come right, on. Look at this. I'm getting you a Josh Allen jersey. That'll be a staying point, okay? Josh Allen. The only true New York team, Danielle. All Come right. On. I might wear it. It's 17. It 17 is my number, so. All right. Um, and I'm a jersey order. I have a million. I swear, I'll tweet it on your thing. Yeah. Ranger jerseys. Rangers, okay. From Lundquist, Richter, all Stanley Cup. Richter, Graves, Leach, Messier, Richter. Yeah, but those are classics. Um, those are good ones. I, I know, but, uh, I mean, it's please, my, my, my man cave is ridiculous. <laughs> I got Zuccarella, Gretzky, mm-hmm. Mike York, if you remember him with the Rangers. I, him I don't. Uh, Messier, another Messier, like that old Statue of Liberty jersey. I love that. Dude, they might be I, making a comeback. Bring that back. Yeah. They bring that back. I saw that on Twitter today. They might yeah, be bringing I that said, back. Yes, bring it back, please. Yeah. Yep. And then I got other teams like Brodor, Hashik, Crosby. I, I go crazy. And then my Bills jerseys with C.J. Spiller, uh, Eric Moles, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly. It's it's crazy. I'm a hoarder. Yeah, me too. And then don't even get me started with the Yankee jerseys with A-Rod, Jeter, Judge. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yep. But as far as this game goes, listen, I, I, I got to give the edge to, to Mahomes over Garoppolo. You really think Garoppolo is better is going to do better than Mahomes? In clutch situations. In clutch, really? Yeah, I do. I do. Right. The, the numbers that I ran. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, last game, Jimmy Garoppolo, what, he threw the ball seven times? Uh, eight. Yeah. Six, I mean, I get it. They're going to open it up. <laughs> I get it. I mean, Kittle better be involved because if he's not, if he's just blocking, uh, where's he throwing the ball to? Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, yeah. none of his receivers are getting separation if you're watching the games. Yeah, no, I, mean, I actually. Debo Samuel's a good player. Yeah, well, actually, but, Emmanuel, Sanders, I mean, take, Emmanuel Sanders, though, by the way, gets 3.2 yards of separation. And, and you know how many catches he had last game? Zero, which was amazing because I had him in my fan duel. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the receivers in a second, but go ahead. But um, as far as the running backs, I definitely give the edge to San Francisco, absolutely. I mean, I hope Shady McCoy has some. Uh, I'm hoping he dresses, first of all. Because, I mean, this is his, like, chance to be – I mean, I don't think he dressed last game. Is that true? Uh, he's going to be inactive. For the Super Bowl? Yep. Wow. I just don't get that. Yeah. That's a veteran guy. I mean, I get it. Damian Williams, but I would, I would put Shady McCoy in there, too. 
Um, I just like Tariq Hill. I love Kelsey. And, of course, my ex-boy, Sammy Watkins, I think he's going to be the X-Factor in this game. I'm going 34-30 Chiefs. 34-30 Chiefs. Okay, so a four-point margin there. Okay. Yep. And then I think he's game-winning drive, Mahomes, they're down uh, like 30-27 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then they go 34-30. They Touch- need a touchdown to get the win, and Andy Reid gets a Super Bowl. I just think it's Andy Reid's time. I really do. And I don't like this other coach because he blew that game against the Patriots 28-3. After Julio Jones made that catch, all he had to do was basically kneel on the ball and stupid Matt Ryan drops back, gets sacked, they get out of field goal range, they lose yeah. the game. I'm still bitter about that. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> Last thing. How is Edwin James a Hall of Famer? Can you explain that to me? I can't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. How is Torrey Holt not in the Hall of Fame? I know Isaac Bruce got in. How does Torrey Holt not get in? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. Well, have a great night, and hopefully my man uh, listens to my little letter I wrote because I haven't heard from him, so just so you know. Justin, uh, thanks. Oops, sorry. Thanks for the call. Thank you, and thank you for the congratulations on the the XFL. I'm sure that's what you're about to say. so we'll talk about wide receivers. He brought them up. Let's look at the top wide receivers from each team. San Francisco's Emmanuel Sanders catches the ball 68% clip. Tyreek Hill, 66. That's that's pretty even. Where Hill has an advantage. We were just hinted to it. Hill has an advantage in yards of separation generated. Because Tyreek Hill, he's got speed to burn, man. He's in the top 25 in that category. He averages 3.2 yards of separation. Sanders is at 2.5, but he's tied with guys like Stephon Diggs. But then you look at the other names at, at 2.5 yards of separation. You got Alshon Jeffrey, DK Metcalf, Demarius Thomas, Cortland Sutton, who? And here's another thing that, that I, I kind of liked when I stumbled upon it today in my research. Emmanuel Sanders accounts for a greater percentage of his team's air yardage than Tyreek Hill, which indicates that Kansas City can spread the ball around more freely among their pass catchers than the 49ers can. So I think that the advantage for the wide receiver matchups is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Bingo. Lock that one in. Mike in Ramtown, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Good to talk to you again. What's up? Hey, uh, just to touch on the big game, uh, you know, not going to lie, Eagles fan, you know, tried and true, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm rooting for Andy, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, he's been a staple, you know, he's gotten close, he's been through a lot, you know, you know, personal stuff, even though he's been behaved well, you know, and I just feel like it's his time, and he's a great offensive mind, most regular season wins, you know, without a Super Bowl, so I'm just really pulling for him hard. You know, going it's, the uh, sentimental route, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. And uh, just to touch on what you were just talking about, you know, with uh, the receivers on different teams. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you a quick question, get your response, and then I wanted to uh, hit on my response. Sure. If there was, a, if there was an X factor, you know, a tertiary, you know, a secondary or tertiary guy, mm-hmm. you know, on either squad, who you think may make an impact uh, offensively, mm-hmm. you know, for either team, who would, uh, who would your choice be? For the 49ers, you'd have to think it's one of the one of the three running backs that they use. Um, Tevin Coleman is going to be back. He was limited all week, but he will play. So I'm mm-hmm. watching him for the 49ers, and I would have to say, I mean, I, I like I like the story of Anthony Sherman, the fullback for the Chiefs. He's got four carries the whole season, um, but I'd have to say that with McCoy being inactive, according to Ian Rappaport. 
In his place, Darwin Thompson. X-Factors for both nice. teams. Tertiaries. What do you nice. think? Nice. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with McCole Hardman. Just because, uh, you know, that Niners secondary, I feel like, is going to focus on, obviously, Kelsey and Hill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, McCole Hardman has that sub-4-4 speed, too, as well. I know he's young. You know, he's, he's still somewhat raw. But, I mean, if you can get the ball in his hands, and if they're focused too much, you know, on uh, on Kelsey and uh, and Hill, uh, you know, McCole Hardman has, has had a couple games this year, and I think maybe that guy might be that surprise guy not like an mvp or anything but yeah, yeah. he might pop mm-hmm. a he might pop a big one uh thank you danielle you do a great job Thanks. as i always tell you and uh good luck good luck with your uh with your xfl i'm sure you'll do wonderful there as well you have a good evening thanks mike thanks for always calling in too um yeah i mean this see the problem is that if you're the 49ers it's very hard to defend both kelsey and hill it's just hard you can't. You'd have to. You'd have to. Because let's just say you guard the deep pass, right? Hill, and you give them a little cushion. They'll they'll just take the underneath all day long. I mean, right? So when you look at how to how are the running games going to match up? I mean, San Francisco. Their last eighty eight plays have been seventy one of them have been rushes. And they don't have they don't have just one, not two, but they have three running backs that can break the game open. Kansas City just doesn't. You got Matt Breida. He's the fastest ball carrier this entire season of all the NFL players. 22.3 miles an hour on a touchdown run. You got Tevin Coleman. He's been limited in practice with a shoulder injury all week, but he will play in the Super Bowl. And he didn't play in the second half versus the Packers. He had that shoulder injury then. The week before the playoffs against the Vikings, or the week before in the playoffs against the Vikings, he had 105 yards and two touchdowns. But when he went out in the Packers, not to worry, though, because Raheem Mozart picked up the slack that game. 29 attempts, 220 yards, and bingo, four touchdowns. So which one is going to be the one that makes the impact? Tevin Coleman, I think. And that, by the way, allows the 49ers to control the clock, provided that they keep the chains moving. And then you got for Kansas City, Damian Williams. You got LaShawn McCoy on their depth chart and fullback Anthony Sherman. Like I said, four carries the entire season, regular season, for nine yards. Damian Williams has less than 100 yards in the entire playoffs this season. But he's got three touchdowns. So with those numbers, he's obviously a goal line threat. So maybe you want to put some some dough on him to be an anytime touchdown scorer with any apps that you guys play with because... Although he's got less than 100 yards, their their number one running back has less than 100 yards in the playoffs, but three touchdowns. McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, has played only one snap in these entire playoffs. And according to Ian Rappaport, he will be inactive. And then in his place, Darwin Thompson, 128 yards, one touchdown on the season. So in conclusion, that Kansas City running game doesn't scare me or cause me to think twice at all. Whereas San Francisco, they've got not one, not two, but three guys that can break the game wide open. Kansas City just doesn't. And I think they have uh, an offensive coordinator and a head coach. I've seen it. You've seen it. That cater to that game plan. Where Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball eight times 
He's six for eight in a win over the Packers. Well, that's what the game plan called for. So Tevin Coleman, Darwin Thompson would my would be my two offensive, you know, uh, under the radar kind of guys. More calls after the break. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. It's not a break. It's an update. I'm Danielle McCartan, and he's Marco Belletti. February is here, and we're getting ready to bring you full-color coverage from spring training. Sweeney Murdy will be in Tampa to cover the Yankees, and Ed Coleman in Port St. Lucie will follow the Mets. Listen for their reports starting February 13th, exclusively on your flagship station for New York baseball, The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM, and Sports Radio 66, WFAN, and WFAN-FM, New York. And this is Jennifer Lopez. She is going to be performing one of the two performers on the Super Bowl halftime show on the Super Bowl. Obviously, it's going to be her and Shakira. I can't wait. I love Jennifer Lopez. You guys know I'm very into music. I love Jennifer Lopez. I do. I really wish I could have gotten to see her in Vegas when she did her show. I just, the timing, it didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And I would have loved to see that show. Love to. So, we talked. Quarterback matchup, advantage, 49ers. Running back matchup, advantage, quite obviously, 49ers. Tight end matchup, a pick'em. Top wide receiver matchup, Chiefs. We could talk coaching. We could talk defense. Oh, and we also did special teams. Special teams, obviously, Harrison Bucker. And the Chiefs. I mean, it's just obvious. I mean, the numbers are glaring that he is the better kicker of the two. And just real quickly, I mean, we've gotten calls on it tonight, the coaching. I mean, I'm riding behind Kyle Shanahan. I I am. I mean, he told you learn from your mistakes, right? You learn from that Falcons' biggest upset ever, basically, in a Super Bowl. You learn from that. He told reporters that he was ready to play last week. And I played for you last week, Pat, and I played for you that um, that clip of, of during a game on the NFL sideline, during the game, he's like, he he says to the referee, this is going to be the play, this is going to be the outcome, there's going to be a penalty on whatever number the guy was. Sure enough, there was. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know how often that happens. Flag was thrown and everything by that same referee. I mean, I think that's amazing just to be able to have the foresight to see that and to expect that. And then you got Andy Reid, the sentimental pick. Yes, I know. He's 11-13 and 13 all-time in the playoffs. That average is out to under 500, 458 winning percentage. It's far below his regular season percentage of 611. Reid, eighth on the NFL all-time wins list, has reached Super Bowl once, lost by three to the Patriots. We know. We know the sentimental pick in Andy Reid. But it's just... I. I don't know. When your win percentage, when you're 11 and 30, you have a losing record in the playoffs, it's just hard to get over that hump. And maybe Patrick Mahomes can do it for him. We'll see. Mike in East Rockaway, you're on the fan. Danielle. What's up? Top of the morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Kakalaki. This is the last month, four months. Oh, no. Then I go to Florida. Florida. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Popcorn, peanuts, Cracker Jacks. <laughs> well, I'll expect to check in next week from Florida. Yes, yes. What's up? Uh, a couple of things, Danielle. Um, I was telling the producer, Kobe, a tragedy of all tragedies. 
every parent on that on that helicopter and and their children. Um, what what happened was, you know, there's so many theories, but when you have an experienced pilot and the fog rolls in and he was so low to the ground, mm-hmm. things happen in the blink of an eye, and that's just what happened. Yep. You know, yep. uh, quite quite the uh, tragedy. Um, well, I've been to I just well, what happens is that's what I think. The fog rolled in and everything, and yep. I've been to Calabasas. I've driven through those canyons, and it's okay. it's just you know you look up, one's a little shorter than the other. Like they are not, you know, it's just they're not even. And if for you to be flying with basically your eyes closed, there's no way yeah. you could be able to. I mean, he got disoriented. That's what it was. He dropped hundreds of feet. He rose hundreds of feet. And I think I think I read one report. I mean, it's all fake news anyway, pretty much. But one of the reports said he, if he had thirty more feet of height of altitude, he would have missed that particular. I don't want to call it a mountain, but you know, whatever. Yeah, in in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a caller before Ralphie. Uh, we're friends twenty years. He called from Jersey. Oh yeah. Um, cool. Oh yeah. Funny. Hope I just he's still heard listening. And uh, I'll tell you, Danielle, uh, I'm looking forward to the baseball for mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. I got to go with Kansas City. Um, I haven't bet uh, football in 30 years, but um, and you feel this strongly I, about this game? You did? You put a bet on? No, no, no. I didn't put a bet on. Oh, oh, oh. No, because uh, I've been down that road. <laughs> I even uh, called on the fan a few times about gambling, and uh, especially the young studs. You know, you, you try to get even, and you get even worse. So uh, be careful when you bet. But um, I'm looking forward. As a Jet fan, I'm just glad the Patriots got knocked out in the first round. I don't really care who wins, but I'm rooting for Kansas City. And the last thing is Cespedes. When I go to uh, spring training, um, I mentioned to you last week that I'm going to speak to the parking lot guys and say, hey, man, long-time Mets fan, uh, point me in the direction of Cespedes' ranch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I want to see this hog, and they can climb vertical five steps. <laughs> But, in, tr- in trees, uh, don't forget. <laughs> All right. Danielle, I try to make it quick. Some people call and they drone off for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, always a pleasure, Danielle. And uh, I can call you a coach because you were a ball player. And uh, you're, you're right on target. All right? Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the check-in next week from Florida, like you said. Yes, yes. If I get the signal... Uh, fine, but if not, uh, I'll call anyway because I'll give you the update. Yeah, and it's on the Radio.com app, too, so you can always listen. Okay. I'm sort of in the 20th century at times, you know, <laughs> with my uh, with my smartphone. But, uh, all right, Danielle. Wait, wait always, a second. Always, you, get, you, get the terrest- you get the terrestrial radio signal all the way in Myrtle Beach at this time of night? I do. I, the signal starts to fade at about 7 o'clock. Wow. You know. I never knew that. Because, yeah. And I'm I'm right by the ocean now, by my hotel, and I'm pointing north yeah, yeah. on my uh, on my Tacoma. Cool, you know, very so. cool. Well, if you d- download uh, Radio.com, you can you don't have to worry about it ever going out. That's what I'll do. Cool. All right. Talk to you next week, Mike. Thank you. Danielle, always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's cool. I, I never knew that that he was every week he checks in, and I never knew that he was listening on our, like a regular radio. That's really cool. We are all the way to South Carolina. Eric in Miami. Are you Hi. going to the Super Bowl, Eric? Good morning, Danielle. How are you? Are you, are you going to the game? I am going to the game. Woohoo! But uh, I'm calling in before I tuck myself in from uh, these uh, post uh, Super Bowl pregame uh, activities down here in Miami. Okay. I kind of I kind of uh, agree to disagree with you on on your matchups uh, per position. Okay. I I, to- I totally uh, disagree with you on the quarterback. 
Really? But one matchup and one matchup you haven't talked about. It's been so overlooked, and everybody thinks that they're going to score so The punter position. Do you not know that the Kansas City Chiefs have Colquitt, the best punter in the NFL? Yep. going to place that ball on the two-yard line. Field position game. Time. Yep. He's going to make some very long drives for the 49ers. And so I think this is an underrated uh, player. He's not going to be the MVP. Right. But he's, he's going to be a factor if the 49ers are so good in defense and the front line, like everybody says, which mm-hmm. you can tell the sarcasm in my voice. And after a couple bottles of champagne, how I feel about my Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you're a Chiefs fan. Well, for the money this weekend, I am. <laughs> I think a lot of people are. It's just the thing that, that sure, if, if you got Colquitt pinning him back on, on let's say, the two-yard line, the, within the 10 every single time, you know, it's just, I think that plays to the 49ers' strength, though. I mean, they're going to run the ball, they're going to take time off the clock, and they're going to keep Patrick Mahomes on the bench. I, I just don't even see that happening. But just in case, if the if the Niners' defense is that good, mm-hmm. that could happen. That could happen, Danielle. And and uh, I appreciate your show. And uh, you're gonna tuck me in tonight. <laughs> and uh, I'll wake up in a couple hours. And, uh, and, and be, and uh, be ready to talk, go. Yeah, have fun in the game. Post, I'll, I'll talk to you post Super Bowl. All right, Eric. Thank how, you. Uh, pretty good game. Thank cool. you. Have a good night. You too. I don't know. I think that plays to the 49ers' strength. Like I said, I mean to keep. Patrick Mahomes off the field, I think, is n- priority number one. And if you're going to keep running the ball, and like I said, moving the chains with three running backs, three pairs of fresh legs, I think that plays to their strength. Lenny in Fort Lauderdale, also Florida. You're on the fan. Yeah, I love listening to And I know Eric. Eric's good. I hear him on the radio. I've done here sometimes. Cool. Danielle, a couple things. First of all, where else can I hear you on the radio? Do you do podcasts or anything? Um, that, really enjoy listening to you. Well, thanks. I mean, I'm on once a week here at the fan, and um, I've, if you're on my social media, I'm going to have an announcement hopefully very soon in the upcoming week for one more way to listen, but I can't say much now. Okay. I look forward to that. Thanks. Okay, here's my prediction today. I like Nick Bozer for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hey, I didn't think of that. I didn't consider that one. Good one. I, yeah. That's amazing. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a bold statement, but since the 85 Bears, I think this is the best defense I've seen. I should, when, they, when, they're all, when they're clicking, their front four, their front seven is amazing. Yeah, coverage and, uh, sacks and all. It's just that they're, uh, they're, they're, there's no big names yet except for Boza. You know, I think they're going to make their name today. I think uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think no matter what, KC scores 30. So since I have five zero in the box in the box pool, I'm going thirty five thirty for the game. Uh, I think they'll make enough stops when they need to. Maybe hold them to a field goal when needed instead of touchdowns will be the big difference in the game. And uh, and then and then, then it's going off of the football, going over the basketball. I'm so tired of this Kyrie Irving. Yeah, injuries for every little thing. I know. What do you think a guy like Willis Reed thinks about this guy? Yeah, I know. No, enough already. Enough. I know. It's you know all the players with the load management. Yep, I was just going to say load management, all that. Yep. It's just horrible, man. The game is unwatchable. And I got one. I always like little theories about games. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, I think the three pointer is killing basketball. So here's my new my new thing. I'm on my new kick. Okay. It's tap out the three-point shot during the game. Each team can score 15 threes a game, maybe 10, 
10 to 15 threes. Once you score 10 or 15, everything else is two points. You can't score more than 45. It brings it brings the mid game range, the mid game back, because people will stop firing from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the theory. It's just the NBA is never going to do that. I mean, I, I like the idea. I like the idea that you have to have a complete team, both inside and outside. Yeah, yeah I like it. it. I, I mean, I I'm a fundamental one, basketball fan, so I, I like it. Oh, if but, I see one more guy give up a layup and drive and dribble back out to shoot a three. Enough. Yeah, what, Enough. Ki- what kills me is when the shot goes up, they all start running back on defense. No one boxes yeah, out anymore. That kills me. Anybody, yeah, that kills me. What's that? Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie does. He, he, he's yeah. one of the only ones that does. Oh, he follows up? Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. That's old school, you know? Yeah, I like it. So, and, and, and as far as basketball goes, it's kind of hard to watch all these teams. And I am a Knicks fan, which is even harder to do, mm-hmm. but... I'll tell you one thing. Watching the, the Miami Heat play is an enjoyable watch. Well, you're down there in Florida. Hey, I, I, I might want to recommend a WNBA team. You might like that. Yeah. They, they play fundamental basketball. Oh, I love you. her. Elena Develdon is like the uh, Larry Bird of uh, the WNBA. She's, She's my fantastic. favorite. Yep. Yep. That's fantastic. MVP. Yes, I love her. I love her. All right, well, then he... I do watch it. All right, I enjoy it. I look forward to next week, and I'll be looking for you on our social network. All right, cool. Thanks, Lenny. All right, later. Um... Yeah, I mean, basketball, the product itself, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I just, like I said, I am a fan of fundamental basketball, and I just don't like when these guys are throwing shots up and and they just, I don't know, they just, they don't follow their shots. They don't box out anymore. I feel like I'm old. And back in my day, they used to box out and play tough basketball. Back in my day. That's how I was taught anyway. When I played, be tough. We'll get Lore Oakman at 440. Um, so if you're you're on hold, I, I would love if you stay there. And then we'll, we'll roll until 6 a.m. So we got Laura Oakman coming up right after the break. Um, we'll talk every single storyline and every single matchup for the Super Bowl 54 from Miami. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Joining us on McCartan After Midnight here on WFAN is the third longest tenured sideline reporter in NFL history. You've seen her on NFL on Fox, and this is her first time calling the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Laura Oakman, and you'll see her on the radio at Westwood One with Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Tony Baselli this weekend. We're hoping Laura can give us a unique perspective, a peek behind the curtain into the big game, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 this weekend. So, Laura, first off, how are you? I'm great. I'm tired, the best kind of tired. It is morning, noon, and night, and there's it's such a big difference from the first time I covered a Super Bowl, Danielle, which was, uh, I think, 1992 was my first one. And, I mean, it really was just all ball all week. And it is just such a different monster now. Just from Sunday to Sunday, just between the game, all the media and all the events and the parties, it is an incredible week. This is the first year I've ever called a Super Bowl. I've covered more than a dozen. But it's a really different one for me because I just remember all the times covering it, you're here all day doing interviews and you're in the convention center and you're on Radio Row and there's just, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of former players and current players and entertainers and just everybody coming through. Then you leave there and at night you go to parties and I say that and I kind of laugh because it sounds like, woo, go to parties, but (laughs) it's like a job. There's so much networking going on and so much, you know, I remember especially as a young reporter feeling like you have to go to every party because you're trying to use Super Bowl week to make sure that you're getting in front of people and that you're 
meeting the people, you know, that you've watched all these years. And it's a really different experience for me this year because I'm really lucky. The only two entities that get the uh, a little more exclusive access are the two broadcast partners of the NFL. And so for this game this year, it's the NFL on Fox, which is my home and my family and Westwood One Radio, which is also my family. This year, it's been really different for me where we've gotten to go to practices. We get to have one-on-one conversations early in the week with about a dozen players from each team, with the head coaches, with assistant coaches. It's really been more like a regular work week for me, is really trying to make sure I'm on top of everything that I'm watching everything at practice, and I'm talking to guys and getting my storylines down, getting ready. So I've missed out on all the fun (laughs) and all the parties so far this week, but it has been the greatest thing coming to cover a Super Bowl and really getting to watch the guys all week and talk to them and watch their nerves and watch their energy. And I've never been able to do that. It's always been watching it from afar. And so it's been a really, really cool experience being able to come do this as a broadcast part. And this is exactly why I wanted to have you on my show here. Nah. <laughs> uh, so, Laura, we're, we're going to watch two of the game's best young quarterbacks go head-to-head. Biggest stage in football. you got Jimmy Garoppolo on one side. Patrick McCombs on the other, sitting down with them, where is each of their headspace at? I've had the 49ers, I think, six times this season. And I've had them a whole bunch the last three years under Kyle Shanahan. I just remember when it comes to the Niners, when I first started covering them during, you know, 0-4, 8-9. And then I was with them for the first win in that 10th game. And I remember leading up to that one win and being like, why are they so confident? Like, they're so confident. And do they not know they're 0-5 and 0-6 and 0-7? Like, what's happening? This team is confident. And when Jimmy jumped into this organization, he just, like, folded right into it. He's as loose and comfortable and confident as they are, even though they have not been on the For the Chiefs, what I like is Patrick had this magical season last year, which ended in the AFC Championship, but losing that game, what everybody says is it it gave him a little bit of a chip, and it gave him a little bit of a hunger, and he pointed to that all often and all during this season. And I know you know, that was the case when when I talked to him uh, two weeks ago at the AFC Championship, and after saying that everything has been for him about getting to this game. And I have found both quarterbacks to really be enjoying this week. Usually there's one team, and I don't have to name the team, there's one team here that treats it very much like a business week. It's been the opposite this week. It's been two teams that are really loose, are really enjoying it, and getting ready for the game in, in the middle of the preparation. But also, you know, Emmanuel Sanders from the Niners said to me as we were talking about this, he was like, you know, it's a good reminder for me. I've got to take my phone out and I've got to record more. Mm-hmm. You know, I want five years from now to look back at this and remember all these memories. And Emmanuel's been to two Super Bowls before this one. And so to hear even the veterans saying, I'm not telling the guys, hey, put your head down and just focus on this. It's the biggest game of your life. What Emmanuel's telling all these young Niners who haven't been here is enjoy every minute of this. That's the vibe I'm getting from the quarterbacks and just from the team's period. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, albeit he was a backup quarterback, but he's been there. He's, he's been done there. that. And I'm wondering, what's his message been for the younger players on that team? You know, I think what Jimmy has said is it's different. You know, it's different. It's different with the role that he's in here. The team is different. I think what they are all saying is, Nothing's changing this week. You know, we've gotten here because we're so comfortable and so confident in who we are. And the worst thing that 
you can do is start really making things up. And that was the exact quote that DeForest Buckner told me. He was like, a lot of us here haven't had any playoff experience until this year. And now our first time in the playoffs, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we can't get too high. We can't get overexcited because then you start making things up. When we finally get to Sunday, he told me everybody has to be locked in and emotionally stable. And I think that's kind of been the message with everybody. And, and I can just tell you, being at Niners practice, I went with my broadcast partner, Tony Baselli, and I told him there's two teams I really look forward to going to their practice on Fridays when I you know, go do games every weekend. It's the Niners and the Seahawks. It's just different energy. It's just, it's fun. And, and I can't explain it, but those are just two teams where I'm always like, oh, I can't wait to go Friday. Like, I know they're going to have great music. I know their energy is great. I love to hear how they communicate. I love to see how the coaches coach. It's a different vibe with those two teams. And so I said to Tony on our way over, I'm really looking forward to seeing if it changes here. The second we walked in, they were stretching, and I was like, there it is. Like, it's just the energy, and they don't stop chattering, and they just don't stop yelling and laughing, and the receivers are dancing, and it's just, it's fun. It's loose. And I saw that and nothing was different. It's the same team. Sometimes it's kind of the guy that no one expects to make himself maybe a household name on Super Bowl Sunday. And in your opinion, being around the teams, and if that were to happen, if there was a guy that's going to emerge other than the quarterbacks, who would you think would make that jump? I think when it comes to the 49ers, it's it would be one of the running backs. All three of them have rushed for over 100-yard games. Raheem Mostert is the obvious one just because having 200-plus yards in the playoffs, and he's had you know a monster postseason. That's the thing about this Kyle Shanahan offense. One of my favorite things he talked about when he started implementing this offense, he said that he was so inspired by the Golden State Warriors. He loved watching that offense, and he loved watching just the starting five because they were so versatile. Those five could do so many different things. That reminds me, every time I look at his offense when it's really clicking, I think back to that. You have three running backs who can really break out with a huge game. What was awesome was Tyron Matthew from the Chiefs told me, he's like, I put, we were talking about this and about, like, do you see the Golden State Warriors? And he's like, I mean, I turn on the tape and I see, even on a run play, 10 guys doing something. And he's like, even Jimmy G blocked. And he said, I see Emmanuel Sanders not begging for the ball. I see George Kittle not just blocking, but having a ball when he blocked. And he's like, like I watch that offense and I think we've got to match that energy. I think for the Chiefs, I mean, it's the obvious ones in, the, uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. And, and I think that is obvious for a reason. Defensively, if they win, it's going to be because they have a terrific defensive performance and Tyron Matthew I think is playing the best ball of his career seven years in he has been the emotional leader of the defense and also of this whole entire Kansas City Chiefs team I talked to him on Monday and about leadership and just uh, how much he's evolved since his seven years in the league because when I first met him his rookie season he was shy he was quiet he didn't say anything. He was just trying to turn around his life and trying to really create the second chapter to be proud of after a really tough college career. And now I was sitting there talking to him with a C on his chest and saying to him, you know, about leadership. And I said um, at the AFC Championship, I just kept watching you and Patrick cross each other, you know, when you guys were down. And every time you guys would come off the field, I would see you look at each other and say something. And he said, we did it with Houston, too. He said, we just locked eyes, and every time we would say, lead, 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 and just kept making sure that team wasn't giving up. So I say that saying, if this Niners offense gets stopped, Tyron Matthew, I think, will have a huge, huge part of that. Everybody knows about the Kansas City Chiefs offense, but, I mean, to me, I think 
their defense has been underestimated. Did he say anything about that with you? I've talked to enough of the Kansas City Chiefs defensive guys who said the same things that I remember talking to the New Orleans Saints the last couple of years in their defense, which is, listen, you know, we, we want to win, period, but we also would love it. So our team doesn't win in spite of us. They win sometimes because of us. And that's hard when you have a, a, an offense being led by Drew Brees or by, you know, the, the an MVP in Patrick Mahomes. Steve Spagnola coming over there has been huge. And usually it takes a minute for that for a side of the ball to sort of catch up to the other side when it's a new coordinator. But Steve's done a terrific job in making sure that he didn't change too much, that he learned their language also, and they love him. This Chiefs team, when they're really grooving, is a really dangerous team all three phases. And we've heard the 49ers defense, the front four, Richard Sherman. Any 49ers players on offense say to you, like, hey, what about us? We're important, too. Now, I think how the Niners operate is really, it's a team. Emmanuel Sanders, I saw him week eight when he was traded to the Niners, and I was like, how does it feel to you? And he was like, it feels familiar. And I was like, in what way? He said, it feels like my 2015 Denver Broncos Super Bowl championship Mm. team. And I was like, how? And he goes, when I was sitting at my locker, you're kind of just checking out the landscape and just sort of looking around and, you know, and trying to gather information of what who this team is and he said I just remember like seeing the, uh, the entire D-line all standing around a locker and he said and it was all by Richard Sherman's locker so it wasn't just the D-line but it was a D-line and Richard and that's how this whole entire team is you know when you talk to Emmanuel Sanders he's going to talk about Richard Sherman when you talk to Richard he's going to be talking about Jimmy G and I'm amazed at the narrative that Jimmy G isn't pulling his weight that people are like you know can he win a game right Kyle Shanahan doesn't ask him to win a game every week. That offense is versatile. He has a lot of players who do a lot of things. Jimmy is one of those. I have seen those games, you know, the New Orleans game, where Garoppolo is very capable of throwing for 300-plus yards for four touchdowns. I think this offense, what they love about Jimmy is he does not care if he throws for 150 yards or if he does throw for 300-plus. He just wants to win. And that, to me, is indicative of every offensive player on that team and every defensive player. It's just they have that first year under Kyle, that really tough season for them, that 4-12 and year. They lost all the close games. Well, this year, I think I think it was 10 games that came down to a single possession, and they won. So that's what this team focuses on, which is we don't need to blow them out. We just know that we couldn't win close games, and now we can. That, to me, really personifies this entire team. And we're speaking with Laura Oakman here on WFAN Radio. Knowing Richard Sherman as well as you do, targeted 15 times on deep passes this year. The Devontae Adams catch was the only one he's given up this entire season on deep passes. And then we saw the spat he got into with Darrell Revis, and how is he using it as motivation? You know, it's been really cool this last, actually, two weeks, but especially this week. It's been such a drama-free Super Bowl. There's just been such a good vibe here. I think for Richard Sherman, that is so nothing to do with anything. That was a dumb thing that Darrell Rivas just tweeted. And Richard, you know, and him went back and forth. But I think Richard Sherman feels pretty good about where he is and what he's brought. This team leans on him. He is a really important voice for them. I know that he has been huge this week in just making sure that everybody stays even keeled. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. It's been a really positive drum week of just teams really respecting each other. <laughs> now, my favorite quotes so far that I've seen, one from Kyle Shanahan was, his team was ready to play the Super Bowl last Sunday. Andy Reid said he's humbled 
that he seems to be the sentimental favorite to win the Super Bowl. Now, Laura, in speaking with them, I'm sure you have, what changes to the routine have each of these head coaches made so that they can put their team in the best place to win? Nothing, and that's probably the key. It's just they're not changing anything. The same stuff they do, they made sure to do this week. Both coaches are doing that. At the end of the day, it's bigger lights and more people and more media, but it's a 100-yard field. And that's what both coaches are instilling is don't change who we are. We deserve to be here. Let's not do anything differently. So I think everybody's just like, this is a long time. Let's go. I don't want to put you on the spot. Can you pick a winner? I have my head heart answers. My head right now is telling me that San Francisco is really hard to beat. And if their offense gets going, they are so hard to beat. And Kansas City, that defense hasn't faced an offense like them. But if you want to talk to my heart, it's so hard to root against Andy Reid. What players and assistant coaches have done with me all week when I saw them is the interview will stop and I'll walk out with them and everyone has been like, man, we just want to do this for Andy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a media made up narrative of like, how bad do you want to win for this person? And it's like, hey, we want to win for everybody. But I've never, ever had so many guys say to me, we really want to win for this one. He deserves it. I just wanted to give everybody a quick anecdote. Uh, Laura and I met at her company Galvanized New York Giants boot camp last spring and it's your labor of love, Laura. I know that it's created such a strong network of reporters with all different levels of experience. Could you talk just quickly about that and then could you direct the people where to go to learn more about it or even to sign up? It's been really cool this week, Danielle. You would feel the same way. I, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited to be here and, you know, the privilege of calling my first Super Bowl is, is you know, is, is huge. It's amazing. But as huge and amazing to me this week has been all my, all my girls that I working all week. It's been incredible. I have as much pride in that and seeing these women, you know, all of you busting your butts and having all this much deserved success. I have so much pride in that. And I think I, you know, I started it because I wanted to give you all something I didn't have when I was growing up in this business, which was a great network of women. I didn't have any women mentors and, and I didn't have any women peers. It's a really lonely business. It's hard to navigate. There's a lot of gray and not a lot of black or white. I would have killed to have been able to lean on some women. I started almost 30 years ago. There weren't a lot of women, and this part hasn't changed for you either. It's tough because you're constantly being told you don't know what you're talking about. You have to prove yourself extra hard. You know, you're, you know, what do you know about this? And you're so busy looking straight ahead and trying to create a path for yourself. And that was lonely. You know, I got to probably about 40 years old and looked around and, and was like, I'm not sharing this with anybody. The road's lonely. I've, you know, moved umpteen times and have lost a lot of friends along the way who don't understand travel and I just really really wanted to give you all something that I would have really wanted. What I think a lot of women would say is we go to boot camps because we want to get better on camera and we want to be better interviewers and we want to team up with NFL teams and get coached and I love all that but my secret you know agenda behind all the boot camps and everything galvanizes always more importantly you guys are creating this great sisterhood with each other and if anyone is interested we're about to hit boot camp season that will be after the two Super Bowl and after a five-day vacation, then I will be in boot camp mode. <laughs> Only five days. <laughs> just, just five days, Danielle. I just need five days. That will start pretty soon that I'll announce the NFL teams are partnering with them. We've had about 11 reach out, so wow. I'm uh, trying to get that together. Everybody can either go to my website, which is lauraoakman.com, and look up Galvanize and look up boot camps, and there's information and an email there. Or they can follow me at Laura Oakman or at Galvanize Life. And that's where I always announce 
when the boot camps are coming. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking some time out to join us. Have a fun time. Don't forget to take your phone out, too. (laughs) Break a leg. and you said that. (laughs) We'll catch up after the game. Thank you. Great talking to you. Thanks so much. I so appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. And that live check-in from Miami, Florida, the epicenter of Super Bowl uh, 54. Um, And we are rolling towards 6 o'clock. That's when I am. Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. Good morning, everybody. It is, what, 5.05? And there are snow flurries in Central Park? Oh, my God. Maybe we can click our heels together and transport ourselves to Miami, although it's not all that warm there either. I'm Danielle McCartan with you guys until 6 a.m. on this Super Bowl Sunday. Wake up, everybody. It's it's like Christmas morning. It is Super Bowl Sunday, what we've been waiting for all season long, all the way back to spring practices through OTAs, preseason, regular season, playoffs, and now we're here. Super Bowl 54 from Miami, Florida. You just heard Laura Oakman on the check-in. She's part of the broadcast team, and hopefully you guys gleaned a little inside information from her. Um, and always appreciate it, Laura Oakman. And we are rolling towards 6 o'clock, so let's load up the calls. 877-337-6666. Quick recap of what we've been talking about here for those of you guys just getting in your cars or, or just waking up. It is Super Bowl 54 in Miami. I've done a positional breakdown so far of every single unit. The last one I have to hit is the defense. But I think that when you look at Garoppolo, when you look at Mahomes, I think the better uh, situational quarterback for this specific situation, the biggest stage, is Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers post a higher points per game than Kansas City Chiefs. Garoppolo has the highest quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. Garoppolo has the highest quarterback rating when his team is trailing. I mean, that team, he can throw the ball eight times, complete six out of eight passes, and beat the Packers in the playoffs. Or he could throw the ball 35 times, end up with four touchdowns and one interception to beat the Saints in Week 14. We've seen it both ways. And as a coach and as a former player, Experience, to me, matters. I mean, he's made it to the biggest game. He's won it twice as a backup with the greatest, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the position and arguably the greatest coach to ever coach, right? So that counts for something because Patrick Mahomes hasn't even made it to the Super Bowl just yet. Hasn't even, I should say, hasn't even played in a Super Bowl game just yet. And... You know, you could point to those seven consecutive touchdown drives versus the Texans, but when you compare the Texans' defense to the 49ers' defense, um, there is no comparison. Okay, so I think the playoffs, the Super Bowl, is obviously a different animal. And I'm going in the in the quarterback matchup. I know it's unpopular. It's the unpopular decision. I'm picking Jimmy Garoppolo. As far as the running backs... I mean, the 49ers have not one, not two, but three guys that can beat you with their legs and break the game open. Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, and Raheem Mozart. I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, at least depth chart at running back, not one of those guys scare you, including the fullback, Anthony Sherman. LaShawn McCoy, according to Ian Rappaport, will be inactive. That places Darwin Thompson in his place. 128 yards, one touchdown on the entire season. 
Okay, so the Kansas City game does the running game does not scare me, does not cause me to think twice at all. Advantage 49ers there. Tight end matchup, the best two in the game, Kittle and Kelsey, 1A, 1B. You can't really even rank the two of them because they play such different styles. Kittle, the more traditional block first, catch second, tight end. And Kelsey, well, it creates matchup nightmares. He sometimes uh, as a wideout lined up against the quarterback. So if you're picking tight ends, to me, you just can't. That's a pick em. So, so far, we're, we're 49ers, two. It, well, draw. Let's just wipe, wipe that tight end matchup. So we're at two advantages for the 49ers, zero for the Chiefs. When you look at top wide receiver matchups, the top guys, you got Emmanuel Sanders for the 49ers, Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs. Um, I'm giving Kansas City Chiefs the edge there. So therefore, we're at 2-1. And then special teams, the better kicker, Harrison Bucker for the Chiefs or Robbie Gould for the 49ers, Bucker all day, every day. So now we're matched up at 2-2. Then we talk coaching. Who would you rather have at the helm, Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid? To me, I'm picking Kyle Shanahan. And the final piece is the defense. This is the traditional, they say offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Well, we're going to see. Let's head to the calls, 877-337-6666. Jake, thank you so much for holding. Jake in Shelton, Connecticut. You're on the fan. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Happy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, you too. All right, I just have a couple of questions for you about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I was looking at my uh, sports book today. What do you think uh, Mahomes throwing more than one touchdown pass in any quarter? Uh, for every quarter or just in general? Any any quarter, one, two, three, or four, throwing more than one touchdown pass. I like it, right? I like right? it. Not yeah. bad. You got to think he gets like two, two real quick. At and least. Two and yeah. Right? All right, and then last question yeah. for the game, for who's going to win. Yep. I saw on, like, some Twitter, a lot of Twitter, uh, the Simpsons predicted that the 49ers were the Super Bowl Miami. Oh, my God, I saw that. Can you explain that so everybody knows what you're talking about? But I've seen right, that. So, so the Simpsons, like, everybody knows, like, they have a lot of episodes, older older episodes, early 2000s, that predicted stuff that came through. Even Donald Trump winning president, yes. they predicted that. Like, even him coming down an escalator with a sign falling from a fan. Yes. I saw a video of him doing the exact same thing. I saw the same video. Yep. They're predicting the 49ers winning the Super Bowl in Miami. I don't know. I don't know how you're betting, Chiefs. I'm not. They can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I know. I know. That's how interesting is that? Right? Like, I don't don't know. Have you ever seen, there's a video, too, me, you might want to be interested in this. There's a video of, just Google, like, Charlie Chaplin's cell phone. It's like a time traveler, like their video Charlie clip. Chaplin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaplin, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. That stuff's crazy, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm, ta- I'm taking 49ers, man. Simpsons say I, I can't go against it. I'll, I'll feel like a fool if I do. <laughs> and, you know, who knows? And, and, Jake, thanks for the phone call here on Carton in the Morning. Um, you know, I've seen that video. If you haven't seen it, just Google, like, I don't know, a Simpsons predict the future or something like that. 49ers, they have winning the Super Bowl, and they've been right a few different times. So I don't know. I can't explain it. We're getting into the 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 um, the fantasy here, the real fantasy here, but you never know. And back to the defense. How about that 49ers defensive line? I mean, we've heard all week 
about their dominant front four. We've heard it. They have, anybody know what DVO, I feel like I'm in class. Does anybody know what DVOA means? Well, DVOA is a defensive ranking that accounts for like the, uh, the, the quality, let's just say, the quality of the opponent, the offensive opponent. So it's like, it's a stat, but it's like um, kind of weighted, like a grade could be weighted, like honors class or CPE class. It's, it's a weighted stat, a defensive metric. And the 49ers had the league's second best defense by that stat. And I put a lot of stock into that stat, actually. You know, there's a lot out out that's like stupid stuff, but this is a real one. So the 49ers had the league's second best defense by DVOA. The only team better than them was the 49ers. I mean, it was the, was the New England Patriots. And talked about, and you heard Laura, Richard Sherman has been targeted 15 times on deep passes this year, and Devontae Adams was the only one he's given up this entire season. So you'd have to think that the Chiefs are going to pick on the left side of the field with cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, who really is in his rookie season at quarterback. He's played only three special team snaps in 2018. So Kelsey and Mosley is a total mismatch. You can look at that. I mean, Kelsey has six inches on him, and Kelsey has 70 pounds on him. But for my unsung, someone called before and asked about, you know, under-the-radar kind of guys, I need you to look at D. Ford. With D. Ford on the field, the passer rating is drops significantly, 20 points. Interceptions increase by 3%. The sack rate is 10% more. So D. Ford is a difference maker on that defensive line for the 49ers. And as far as the Chiefs' defense, well, the 49ers really took it to a pass rush of the Packers that ranked 23rd in the league in rushing, again, DVOA. So what's the Chiefs' DVOA? Well, defending against the run, they're actually worse than Green Bay. They're 29th in the league. So that's going to be something to watch. That's why I said the running backs of the 49ers are going to have a... uh, I think a field day. And I think that's going to totally control the clock for the 49ers. So Chiefs linebackers, I mean, also are, are just it's subpar. I mean, for, for example, they've got Damian Wilson there. He allows a quarterback rating of 115.5 in coverage. That's the eighth worst in the league for a linebacker. And against the run, they allow almost two yards after the first contact, which is like fourth worst in the NFL. You got... The Chiefs' defensive line, which is pretty good, and safety Daniel Sorensen kind of has picked the team up. But he struggles in zone coverage. And he can't not mention Tyron Matthew, the speed dude, can blow up trick plays in the backfield, gets into throwing lanes, creates havoc. Still, though, I'm going advantage 49ers. So, I think it's prediction time. I think we have really looked at Every single angle of this game, regular season, playoffs, rankings, and weather. The weather is going to be 63 degrees and clear skies at kickoff, dipping to 57 by the game's end. Betters are saying, what, a one-and-a-half-point favorite? That line hasn't moved for the Chiefs all week. Basically, this is a pick game. And some one thing, though, before I give you this, One thing I think that if this game comes down to a field goal where the Chiefs can win it with a field goal and it's within 40 to 49 yards, well, 
just book the tickets now. The Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But in any other scenario, my prediction is that the San Francisco 49ers are going to win Super Bowl 54. They're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. San Francisco 49ers with a final score of 31. Kansas City Chiefs, 28. That's it. San Francisco 49ers, 31. Chiefs, 28. I think your MVP is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, for, I mean, it for obvious reasons, I mean, usually the offensive players do get named MVP. I mean, there's rarely a chance when there's a defensive player named MVP. Um, seeing that is Jimmy Garoppolo's first season as a starting quarterback, all that. Because last year I picked Julian Edelman to win MVP, and guess what? He was. I just thought that you, Tom Brady again, he can. And he was. So I picked him, and it was right. So I just think when you look at all the storylines, when you think of all of it considered, it's the 49ers game to lose, I think. And I think everybody's just happy that since for the first time since 2015, the Patriots are not going to be competing in the game. Think about that. I mean, come on. That's a long time. And the storylines you've heard, Kansas City Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense, Mahomes versus Nick Bosa in the front four. Sounds like a band. Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid among the game's best offensive minds. Tyreek Hill's speed kills. And Richard Sherman hasn't let up a completion on a deep pass all season long, except for Devontae Adams. I mean, people are even getting excited about the tight end matchup. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. That's how offensive-handed this game is going to be. And everybody, I really think we're going to get a lesson in physics at 6.30 tonight or by the end of the game. Because I have a question. What happens when an unstoppable force, which is the Chiefs offense, meets an immovable object? 49ers defense. And just so you know, I looked up that, that, that physics concept on this video that tried to explain it with like stop motion graphics. And they say everything is in motion. And then it just depends on your perspective. That, uh, you lost me at that point. So physics was never my strong point, actually. I prayed for a B in that class. My only B I ever got, I think, was in physics and computer science. Um, but based on my perspective and everything we've talked about so far tonight, for the past three hours and 20 minutes, or two hours and 20 minutes, I should say, you got to go 49ers. So, again, it's going to be 49ers 31, Kansas City Chiefs 28, MVP Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I think. Super Bowl live. Super Bowl 54 from Miami. More your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan, and he is Marco Belletti. The Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is the AFC champion. They are headed to Miami. The San Francisco 49ers. Feel super, baby. The five-time Super Bowl are going to Super Bowl 54 tonight at 6.30. And you'll get all the play-by-play right here on your flagship station for the Super Bowl. The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. I'm on tonight, you know my head's still and I'm starting to feel it's right. All the attraction, the tension. Hey, then that's Shakira. She's going to be one of two performers here later today on the Super Bowl halftime show, which excites both Super Bowl fans and those fringe fans. Come on, you know who you are. 
Um, Shakira, alongside Jennifer Lopez, is, I think, the first time that two female headliners are going to be performing at the halftime show. I'm pumped for that, although I do admit that I am more of a Jennifer Lopez fan than a Shakira fan. But it's cool that they're both doing it. It's going to be an excellent show. Um, I've never seen either of them live. I've been to a lot of concerts, but never have seen either of them live. And I really missed out on the Jennifer Lopez in Vegas residency. I really did. Um, But, hey, there's always next time, right? Well, you know, maybe not. That, that's one thing I would regret, uh, not going out to see that. But uh, Super Bowl Live, and if you've been to Miami, you know that Live is the nightclub there in Miami Beach. So I think it's kind of funny that the, the Roman numerals are LIV54, and that club does exist. I wonder if they sponsored it. Just kidding. That's that's just a joke. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I just gave you my pick. I'm going against... I'm going with the underdog. I guess I just love an underdog story. And are they really an underdog, though, if they're one one and a half point underdogs? I don't know. I'm going San Francisco 49ers 31, Kansas City Chiefs 28. We are rolling towards 6 a.m. when Bob Salter comes your way. I'm Daniel McCartan. Oh, and by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is going to be the MVP. We have just filled up the phone lines. You guys can get through, though. I'm, I'm, I will get to every single one of you. 877-337-6666. Let's ha- head out to Rockland, New York. Eddie, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank um, you. First of all, Shakira versus Jennifer Lopez. Now, that's the story. Who's going to be the better performer? I got to go with J-Lo. On... No, Shakira. Come on. She's got, the, she's got the Colombian blood. I know. J-Lo's but... from the Bronx. I, that's, I know. I, Jenny from the Bronx. Jenny from the block. Right. You know, as far as the Super Bowl, this one, you know, I predicted the um, the Denver-Seattle Super Bowl as a blowout a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The one that was uh, here. That, my, yeah, that was here at MetLife Stadium, right? This one smells exactly like it. I got it 37-21, to 21, the San Francisco 49ers. See, me, me and you, I think, might be the only two tonight that, that are picking the 49ers. Well, listen, I just see that, you know, defense and uh, – Running game usually wins it, and when and when the throwing game is not working and they get behind, I think it, it's this this time they're not going to come back. Well, we had a caller before say about you know, do you know about Dustin Colquitt? He's the best punter in the league. Yeah, I do know about him. But when you pin the Forty ers back, that only eats up more time off the clock. For for I mean, the, the the Chiefs win with Patrick Mahomes on the field, and when Patrick Mahomes is on the bench, tough. They, they can't get anything going, in my opinion. I'll be surprised if Patrick Mahomes makes it to the end of the game of this one. He's going to try to do a little bit too much, and by the by the mid fourth quarter, they're going to be he's going to be done. You mean injured? Yeah, probably a little a little hip flexor, a little knee problem. Not that I'm wishing it on him, but I just think that he it's going to come in time in this game that. He's going to have to run more, and he's going to have to start doing more. Right, and it's forcing just things. Be a little... Well, Eddie, if if that right. if that comes true, Eddie, thanks for the call. If that comes true, if if Patrick Holmes doesn't finish this game, which is a bold prediction, that's a that's a hot take, man. I need you to call back next week with five numbers for the Powerball for me, okay? That that's how we're going to handle that one. Mitchell and Fort Lee, you're on a fan. Hey, good morning. How are you? What's up? Okay, listen. You know, thinking about this game. And I hear everyone saying, I know you're going with the 49ers. I'm going with Kansas City. And here's the reason why I'm taking Kansas City. Go ahead. Okay? Mm-hmm. Number one, I think Mahomes gives an extra part to the game 
that the 49ers don't have, he can run the ball. Right. That's I, okay. That's that's that can change you. Number two, if you looked at Kansas City, they had two weeks to sit back when they played the Titans. Nobody can stop Henry. No one was able to stop Henry. You agreed the first two weeks. No one stopped Henry when he went to Baltimore Correct. and he went to uh, New England. He couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. But when they came to Kansas City, they shut him down. They only gave up 14 points. They only gave up 14 points after the you know the fumble and the you know and and the big play. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no way after the five guys on on the line from the 49ers, they can stop. They they can't stop all the wide receivers and the running back. They're not and, and the tight end. There's not enough people to cover. So that's the other part to it. Yeah, just and, the, and the run, the, but and, the running backs of the Chiefs they they don't they don't scare me at all. They they scare you. They strike fear into you. No, no, but but this is what I'm trying to say to you is that because they have all these weapons, and right. you have to understand, Mahomes is another weapon. He runs more than Grappolo runs. Do you agree? Yeah, you agree yes, for sure, yes. Okay, okay. So what I'm trying to say to you is, if if they go into the shotgun and if they throw, and they and they can't get the running game going, they can they can pass the ball and he can run the ball. He's a great runner. Right. Also, here's other here's other thing. They had two weeks to shut down to, to Henry. They shut him down. Do you agree? Two weeks ago, they had two weeks. To shut down Henry and the Titans. They shut down the running game. If they shut down the running game, the 49ers passing game in the last two weeks in the playoffs, it hasn't been there. Yeah. It hasn't been there. Well, that's not what the game plan called for. I mean, look at week 14 versus the Saints. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, four touchdowns on, like, what? Something like 35 attempts. I mean, that's what it, that's what it called for to, for them to win. They can do both things. Yeah, but, but, but here's the other part. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, their defensive, their safeties, and everything else are can stop that because they don't they they can stop that. They don't have as many weapons wide receiver wise. They gotta stop the Kittles or whatever is it Kittles or it's Kittles, right? Kittle, yeah. Yeah. You gotta stop him because he's a beast. They I just feel that's that's and here's the other part. I don't put my hands on Shanahan to win this because look what he did to you when he was with Atlanta. Right. And I think the Walrus and I think the Walrus wants this championship and he and listen, this guy has been wanting this for years and you know what? Shanahan's going to get his gift one day. Let the Walrus get his uh, his championship. He's earned it. He's put his time in in the NFL, and that's how I look at it. Well, and I and I hope. And I here's the best part. Whoever I know, I know thousands of people bought boxes for the Super Bowl. I hope the numbers come up so crazy that people, the people <laughs> that have the good numbers, like I'm serious, the people that have you know, the seven seven the zero or the six four, yeah. it's a zero. Don't get. I hope it's like a two four or two five. So. I'm going to call you next week, but here's my prediction. Yeah. The score is 28-21. All right. Well, you got it, Mitchell. Thanks for the call. Um, you know, Andy Reid, you know, everybody wants him to win. Everybody wants to will him to win the game. I just don't see it happening. I want a convertible Ferrari. And just because I want one doesn't mean I'm going to get one. And just because everybody wants Andy Reid to get this Super Bowl, it doesn't mean he's going to get one. I think... Kyle Shanahan learned from that with Atlanta, and I think I think he's the better of the two coaches. Eric and Mon- Ron Konkoma, what's up this week? Hey, Danielle. I hope Mitchell's right because my wife has two and five. Oh, so well, there uh, you go. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what a wild uh, answer that was. Um, you know, just, just real quick, when you were playing that music for Kobe before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that always gets me sad because they, they, uh, it reminds me of Paul Walker. You know when because yes. uh, you know cause he you know had that uh, accident obviously and mm-hmm. and and they right and they played that music in the movie that uh, yep the Fast you know, and the Furious uh, movie that, that he passed in yeah, yeah exactly so that you know it always reminds me of that so. me too um 
Okay. Um, you know, uh, curious to know about uh, Tevin Coleman, though. How much work do you really think he's going to get? I mean, he separated his shoulder is no, you know, uh, you know, is somewhat of a big deal. I mean, uh, the way he went off the field, and uh, I can't imagine them using him too much on it because, uh, I mean, if, they, if they're moving around pretty good and it's a hard field or whatever, you know, he takes a wrong hit on there and he's out again. Yeah, I mean, uh, on there. So that. Yeah, but they they also have Matt Breida and they also have Raheem Mostert. Yeah. So it's it's like. Yeah. It does. It, it, if that happened to the Chiefs, it would be more concerning to me. But since there are two other guys that are more than capable, it, it doesn't worry me that much. Yeah. Yeah. When when, when is Breida? Because uh, you know, I, I I've been watching them too because I I like the, you know, I I've been uh, you know uh, thinking about using them on my fantasy team. You know, during the end of the season, and mm. he really. I uh, never really racked up a whole lot on there. It's really more Coleman and Mostert. But, yeah, it, it, that's the thing. Uh, I, have, that wouldn't be a good fantasy play because there are three of them. It's like one third right. of the workload. You got to pick a guy that's taking most of the, the carries on a fantasy team. Right. I think. I don't. I don't really have a you know a specific uh, you know team that I'm thinking is going to win. I, I'm hoping for a great game. And, and if it turns out to be like you know the, the end of the Rams Titans Super Bowl on there, that that would be phenomenal. That's all you can ask for in a in a uh, a game like that, it just hopefully it doesn't come down to like a like a poor referee decision. I know, or, I know, uh, I know. You know yep. or, or or even like a weird play, like you know, not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch, you know, and throwing it. You right. Know, the, you want you want to see it. You know, if someone's going to get stopped or whatever, you want to see it with their best player, kind of thing. Right. So mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I agree with you. There. Enjoy enjoy the game, Danielle. Oh, thanks. You too, Eric. I, yeah, and I agree. I think I think referees. My my always opinion on referees, and we could talk probably next week about how the MLB is going to mic up their umpires. Oh, my God. That makes me want to – I don't even know. I think referees and officials should be seen and not heard. Let them play the game. My God. The, what I do not want to see in this game is a referee reaching into his pocket and yanking a flag on on, on a questionable call that, that will slant the, the game one way or another. On a 50-yard pass downfield, you get a flag. I mean, I just – that I, I hope – it does not rear its ugly head in this game, really. I mean, when you think about the Saints, it just, I, I just, I, I hope it's not part of it. And I don't, I mean, I'm not one to give fantasy advice. I don't think either. But even when you think of three running backs that have to spread the workload, I mean, I thought Le'Veon Bell was going to get a lot of the workload this year. But they, here we are with Adam Guru as the coach. Well, you know how that went. Jeff in Jersey City, you're on the fan. Thanks, Danielle. Good show always. Thank you. Um, my main topic is uh, uh, Super Bowl. One quick one on uh, MLB. Yep. Uh, baseball. Uh, uh, Dusty Baker is a great move for 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 baseball. Total damage team. control. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's and he's a great guy. And um, you know, he's a little like Andy Reid. I hope you, he eventually wins the title. But quickly to the Super Bowl, which I I tend to agree with all, all your points really. Um, and I, w- I want Kansas City, but you know you can't go with your heart, as you just stated. Yep. You um, you mentioned uh, the keys. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is actually uh, really he's getting like a, oh, oh he's an okay he's an excellent quarterback. Yes. And thanks to uh, Bill Belichick and a couple of years ago, yep. he gave that gift to the Forty Nine ers. If you remember that uh, yep. for nothing, and it's also now the Forty Nine ers, as you said. Uh, their running game is a powerhouse. The Chiefs don't have a running game. The right. 49ers have a great defense. Kansas City, not so much. Mm-hmm. I predict 49ers, 31, Kansas City, 17. Ooh, but, 17. 
That that's the way I see it, right. Daniel. So so I hope it, I hope they can somehow uh, make it different. Uh, like I said, my heart kind of go, goes out to uh, Andy Reid and mm-hmm. the, and the Chiefs. Uh, but reality is, as you stated, you got to separate your emotions from what you know the real outcome is going to be. And you you hit it on the head. It's uh, the Forty Nine is going to win. I hope it ain't that bad of a score, but I think it's that's what I'm predicting. 31-17, 49ers. Well, you got it, Jeff. We'll see what happens. You, you, me, and that other caller, we're the only three tonight picking the 49ers. I'm sticking to it, Danielle. So am I. Jeff, we'll talk next <laughs> week. Choice. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And uh, and I also put up one of my very famous Twitter polls, by the way, right before we hit the break here. I said, who wins Super Bowl? Live, L-I-V, Super Bowl, hashtag. 63% of you guys said Chiefs, 37-49ers. Let's see. Let's see who's right and who's wrong here, everybody. We'll see. It'll be a last chance to get on, on board um, for me for tonight. You guys can call in 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. This is Joe Beningo. Join me and Evan Roberts tomorrow. We will break down Super Bowl 54, all the ins and outs. We'll give you everything you need to know. We'll break down some basketball, too. We'll talk about what the Nets did over the weekend, what the Knicks did over the weekend, maybe a little college basketball as well. It's Beningo and Roberts on the final football Monday of the year, 2-6. to six. Afternoon drive on the fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN WFAN FM, New York. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Daniel McCartan here on the fan. We've got Super Bowl 54. This is our last time to talk before we can get you know, ready to go for the Super Bowl. I mean, this is this is the last chance to get aboard. 877-337-6666. Jennifer Lopez, that Pat and I have agreed, that is probably going to be her closing song. You would think that would bring the house down at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Beach. I don't know if it's on the beach, but in Miami. And, I mean, come on. How could you? It's going to be an excellent halftime show. I cannot, I cannot wait. I also can't wait for the game. Because this is going to be a, such an exciting game. And we've done pretty much wall-to-wall Super Bowl 54, and I am okay with that. We've looked at every single matchup. we looked at every single storyline. We had Laura Oakman call in and talk about it from Miami. And I just think that after, with all things considered, I think the 49ers are going to pull it off. 31-28, game MVP Jimmy Garoppolo. So this is your last chance to get aboard. Let's head out to the calls. Let's go first. Oh, right here. Manhattan. Vernon, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, last week, I left you, um, when I hung up the phone, you had answered the question. I asked the question, and uh, I wasn't on the phone. Remind me. Remember I, I talked about Super Bowl One. I said, what's a strange thing? And um, it's in reference to a lot of uh, oh, yeah, the you game was the, not sold out. Yeah, the trivia question you gave me. Yeah. Yes. Well, the thing was, it actually was televised. So they asked the fans to move to the center on both sides of the field. So it looked more give, crowded. Yeah, to give the yeah. illusion mm-hmm. the game was sold out. Magic of TV. But, yeah. <laughs> but during the game, when you see the football thrown up in the air, you will see sections of seats empty. So if you ever get a chance. Yeah, I might check that out. Yeah, check out Super Bowl One. Here is my prediction for this Super Bowl. Are you ready for this? I, I am. I'm ready. All right. Prediction is 
the game is going to go into double overtime. Double overtime. Double overtime, and San Francisco is going to win it with a field goal kick. Wow. That's, that's my prediction. San Francisco, their kicker stinks. Have you seen Robbie Gold's numbers? This is going to be strange, but you'll see what happens. Oh, Vernon, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Have a nice day. Of course, you too. Enjoy the game. I don't know about Robbie Gold in that situation. Robbie Gold, I've checked it out. His field goal percentage, by the way, is 28th in the league in total, right? 77.8% of the time he makes a field goal. Between 20 and 29 yards, if that's what you're talking about, Vernon, he's going to hit it, 100%. But the farther away you get, the more incrementally worse he gets. Between 30 and 39 yards, he hits it at 80, let's round it off, 82%. Between 40 and 49 yards, 78%. And then 50-plus, might as well just throw the Hail Mary at that point because Robbie Gold hits it with a 20% clip. That's it. And by the way, if you're planning on going to the Super Bowl, he just talked about it, number one, Super Bowl one not being sold out. I'm just checking the, the third party here. There are only 1,071 tickets left. And if you wanted, let's just say, two seats together, the cheapest, the cheapest upper corner section, 350, row 23, 5227.50 each. Each. Oof. I can't. No, I can't afford that. But good for you if you are going. Good for you. Allen, Connecticut, you're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. What's up? So a little under 13 hours, and it's going to be like watching. <laughs> it's like waiting for Christmas morning. I can't wait. Right. <laughs> so two weeks ago, I was locked on San Fran. Yep. Uh, this past week, you know, listening to everybody talk about my homes, I'm like, all right, maybe maybe I'll go with uh, KC. No, don't. But, don't do it. But no, no, now, I mean, I, I woke up this morning. I made my final decision. San Fran, 28-24. It, it, goes, it stays under barely. On the under. What was the under? 50-something? Was it 56? Uh, yeah. 53 or 50. I saw 56, too, but yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I better call somebody else and get the 56. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I swear, I did see that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that uh, the, I'm, I'm thinking maybe a defensive touchdown on San Fran perhaps is, uh, might be the difference maker here. Um, I think you know, Mahomes maybe maybe in you know, the fourth quarter will turn one-dimensional one dimensional and uh, – I don't know. I just think, uh, you know, a defensive touchdown wins it for San Fran. And my question to you is, mm-hmm. what is your favorite appetizer or food for today? Thanks, Danielle. Enjoy the game. Of course, Al. You too. Oh, man. I wanted to ask you what yours was. Oh, favorite appetizer or thing. Oh, man. I, I love mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I've been craving mozzarella sticks for a long time. So um, that would be um, my favorite. One year I made, um, in my slow cooker, I made pulled pork. It was really good, but it, it made a mess. And it, it I mean, it was good though, but I would say I would say mozzarella sticks go with the Italian American, right? And and Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, Italian, nice Italian American quarterback. And I'm also picking the 49ers. Besides what we've been talking about for the past whatever three hours, the fact that they have a female coach, Katie Sowers, on their coaching staff, and that would be awesome to see her win a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl ring. That'd be pretty cool. John, you're calling from in your truck. Yes, <laughs> makes ma'am. me that makes me laugh. You're on the fan. What's up? Yeah, work every Sunday, and I listen to you every Sunday morning. You do a good job. Thank you. Appreciate but, that. Uh, I used to gamble, quit gambling 18 years ago, but the one fella said, you you got you to gotta bet with your wallet, not with your heart. That's right. My biggest bet against uh, the Giants was the Ravens, and uh, 
you know, I love the Giants, but I smoked them, and uh, but I, I never, I never lost the Super Bowl, but I've lost plenty of games in the season. Uh-huh. But uh, I, uh, I'm not going to tell you who I, uh, who I'm rooting for. I hope the game is so good we can't leave our seat, and uh, and I, I kind of hope you're wrong, but whatever. I hope it's a good game, and I enjoy your show, and uh, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. John, and, what, uh, what, what, what are you watching the game? Oh, I was going to say, first, let me ask you first, why, uh, I'm probably watching the game um, at home, by the way, but why aren't you going to give us your pick? Oh, I'm rooting for the chefs. The chefs? <laughs> oh, the food. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you meant the food at the <laughs> but, party. Uh, I could, you know, I could care less. I hope it's a good game. Yeah, that'd be so exciting. I, I like the quarterback for the Chiefs. Okay. I, don't, I don't really like Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that herein lies the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but I, I hope, uh, in spite of Andy Reid, the Chiefs win. And uh first Super Bowl I remember as a kid was Chiefs and the Vikings. I told my father to bet on the Vikings. So <laughs> that should have tipped me off where uh, betting was going to get me. The Chiefs were getting 16, and uh, the Chiefs wow. beat them anyways. Wow. So. But, uh, you know, I was only 11. He didn't put any action down. Yeah, good. So, <laughs> you have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Enjoy the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, this is literally not a 16-point, you know, point spread. This is one and a half points. This is literally a pick em. This is literally a one-possession game is what they're predicting. And in that case, I'm going with the 49ers. I mean, literally – Jimmy Garoppolo has the highest quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo has the highest quarterback rating when his team is trailing. I mean, come on. And they and that their offensive game plan is is tailored to their opponent, which don't even get me started on how that's not like the norm. They threw the ball eight times. With Jimmy Garoppolo had it was six for eight, zero touchdowns to beat the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. But then again in week fourteen, he threw the ball thirty five times. Four touchdowns and an interception to beat New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints. So they can do both things. And yes, Patrick Mahomes is their running game. I get that. But that's an awful lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes on the biggest stage of his career. John and Rockland, you're on the fan. Hey, how's it going, Dan? Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> a little tired. Well, my son and I are on to his hockey game. Okay. We wanted to call in. We're uh, hi guys, both of you. We're for say hi. hi. <laughs> we're uh, we're rooting for the Forty ers Okay. We feel like if uh, Bose is on his game with that defensive line, mm-hmm. getting after Holmes and uh, the Forty ers running the game, we you know I think we're in good shape. And D Ford is the key, though. D Ford is the key for that line. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yes. I mean they they get such pressure on the quarterback with him there. It's it's incredible. So yes, Bosa, True. but D Ford might True. help to spring Bosa, in a way. Yes, that's true. But uh, Douglas and I think it's going to be 35-28, 49ers. 35-28, 49ers. Okay, yeah. I, I, everybody yeah. so far is picking like a high-scoring game, and you're, you are, yes. I should, I should be writing all these down and averaging them, and that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I disagree with that earlier caller who said uh, the Chiefs were only going to score 17. Yeah, I think that's a little low. Uh, that's very low. But you never know, really. Yep. No, you don't. You know. All right. Well, thanks for right, the call, John uh, and Douglas. We're on our way to the game. All right. Well, good luck. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And let's go one more. Bob in Riverhead, New York. You're on the fan. Well, good morning, Danielle. How are you, Bob? 
I'm good. I uh, agree with what you say. I'm 65, been a Giant fan all my life. I really appreciate good defense. Mm-hmm. I like Shanahan. Uh, Coaching-wise, I like what he does. I love the, the three-headed monster they got running that ball. Yep. Like I said, I agreed with everything you say. I like the 49ers in this game. I like Rob, uh Jimmy better than I, – I mean, I love Mahomes, but yes. I just think I, I have to go with the 49ers, and it's, it's just too many – too many intangibles that I could see that it's going to take them to the top. And intangible being, first and foremost, that Jimmy Garoppolo has been there, done that. Albeit with yes. the Patriots, albeit as a backup quarterback, but he's just, he's experienced Experience. this already. And Patrick yes. Holmes hasn't. And defense, I, I'm, it's true what they say, they win, it wins games. And I could just see that, that even their offense, the 49er offense, I've watched a lot of their games they are blowing lines off that line. I mean, even their offensive line is, is superior. Mm-hmm. So I, I cannot see, unless it's a big mishap or something goes wrong in this game, I can't see the 49ers dropping this one. Unless there's a referee that can't keep the flag in his yes. pocket. Well, yeah, that, that's a problem hope, for me. Let's hope not. I, I think they'll be, I think, I'm hoping, it'll be a very well-officiated game. I'm hoping, too. And that, it, how bad would that be if this game is determined by the referees? That would be I awful. Don't think, I don't think they'll do it. So, But have a good day, Danielle, and let's see what happens. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy the game. Appreciate the call, as always. Um, yeah, that would be the atrocity. If, if the referees can't seem to keep the flag in their pockets or if, if this game is decided by uh, like, a, like a judgment call sort of thing, like that would, that would be t- terrible. Not only for this game, but for the sport. Because, I mean, come on. You, you can't have that. You just can't. You have to let the guys play. You have to let the teams play. That's it. You can't be banking on throwing a ball downfield and, and hoping for a flag. I mean, that's 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 the cheap way to win. And I know to win is a win, but, the, you know, the referees have to keep their flags in the pockets. It, it this just has to be. My motto always is referees should be seen and not heard. So all things considered, you're looking at the quarterback matchup. I'm going 49ers. You're looking at the like he just said the three John just said the three headed running backs for the 49ers. They are always going to have fresh legs. They are always going to be fresh. the 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 Chiefs running game doesn't scare me in any way, shape, or form. So uh, advantage 49ers tight ends two of the best in the entire game. One A, one B, Kittle and Kelsey. Although Kittle does catch the ball at a six point four percent more clip than than Kelsey, their roles are just really different. Kittle is the more block first, catch second, whereas Kelsey is more of the the the, the route runner, almost like a like a Evan Ingram type, you know, for to really relate to a player here in New York. Top wide receiver matchups: you got San Francisco, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyreek Hill. They catch the ball at pretty much an even clip, but where Hill has an advantage is in the yards of separation generated. So I'm going Kansas City Chiefs there. Defense, ah, God, I like the 49er defense, coaching wise. I love the Kyle Shanahan as a coach. He was ready to play last week, which gets me excited because Andy Reid, his winning percentage in the playoffs is way worse than in the regular season. And if, guys, if this comes down to a field goal and it's it's Harrison Bucker kicking a 40-yarder to a 49-yarder to win it, I mean, you heard it here first. Prediction time, 49ers 31, Chiefs 28. Thanks to um, – Laura Oakman for joining us tonight from the epicenter of the football world in Miami, Florida. She's part of the broadcast team tonight on on Westwood One if you're going to tune in on the radio. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. Love coming here. Great job to Pat tonight. Great job to Marco. Bob Salter's up next. See you guys in my regular spot next Saturday night into Sunday morning from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Hit my socials. Coach McCartan. 
Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, or Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll keep the conversation going there. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Enjoy the halftime show. I'll see you next week. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.